to the rest. Hey, but Yoko. basically, he's still. M Night so. kicked that, that guy's ass, dude. Any day, dude. Can I get a honest and sincere and professional countdown from somebody, please? Yes, I yes, my the Fast Furious. Fast Furious took your drift. Too Fast, Too Furious. And the Fast and the Furious. Go! Let's start backwards. You gotta go You're fast. You're what my five. teacher calls Malo and La Cabeza. Malo and La Cabeza? We'll do it, do it in Farsi. With other, with other ones as Say. well. In Farsi? Ek, do, in 29. All right. 28. I remember when I was 28. 27. 27 was a tough 26. Three masters. 25, which I'm sure Carlos is. Revenge. Welcome, Welcome back to the Tower of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. I thought I was introing it. Why would you be introing it? I just, I thought you were taking a break. Welcome back to Carlos's intro and go. You're on. Welcome back to the Watchtower podcast, the film review podcast from Tower Productions. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. This is where we geek out about films um, of all shapes and sizes. And you'll you'll come to yes, if we you listen to our ad last episode. Uh, we went into this pretentious zone, and and this time around, we're going to get a little more mainstream, a little more yeah, yeah. Um, streamlined with our choice here. We're diverse. Uh, before we get into the film and we introduce the film, I got to introduce my fellow panelists here we have mr christian yoko moto medina Woo! hello fellows and fillets we have mr michael hello i'm the one with glasses hi that's the one hey there he is we have my fellow co-host mr john eric castro aka nine finger nine and a half finger castro nine and a half finger man you know what, what? Quick, fun story about that finger we, we we're gearing up to do these reshoots your film we just shot and we're over here it's in the middle of the desert you know so it's you know, we know what we're gearing up for and then we got a text two days before the reshoots and it was like hey so you know we got a we got a bit of a damper on the reshoots and i'm like oh no what happened you okay castro's prone to injury let me let me just add that castro's broken his leg castro's dropped stuff on his hands like so he's, he's prone to injury, and then he texts and he's, he sends us a picture, a grimy picture of this cut finger with blood all over it. No, no, no. no. If, you, if you remember, the, the text went, do we need my hand for the reshoot? And it's oh, like, yeah, was, God. Exactly. I was still down to shoot, even with half a finger. And, and then I think I was like, well, we could work around it, but why? And then he sends us a picture, and I'm telling him, you know what? We all we all talked about it collectively, and we're like, well, even if his, we shoot around his hand, what if sand gets into his finger and it gets infected or something? That's just not put him through that. So yeah, because I had like about like maybe two or three shark. I thought you were gonna need in like stitches. I legit thought you were gonna need stitches. Like but I still think first, I need stitches, but I'm, I'm writing just, it. You're just writing it out yeah. with like a paper towel and diaper. It's, like, it's a very Mexican set I mean, mentality. Exactly, I mean, man. It's that we'll, Mexican mentality, yeah. dude. Just, just wrap it in, in something, dude. La pusiste sabe la. could la say that. Sabe. Dale un poquito de agüita caliente. I mean, what could say that? Your finger got split. Oh, oh, oh nice transition. That's boys. a beautiful transition right now. Oh, We're working with the film today. Uh, it's getting toasty. Yeah, as 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 Yoko put it, uh, we're going to be talking about Split today, uh, this psychological horror thriller by M Night Shyamalan, written and directed by M Night Shyamalan. This was Scott's voice. He's rooting. He's happy. He knows top, top five, maybe top three character films on my list. Interesting. Yeah. I, I will say, 
every time each of us gets a choice, like every time it's each of our choices, I think we all get very excited. You could tell in the messages or like, <laughs> but so like, and I could really tell like Astro was like, hey yeah. guys, like since Sunday, like you guys ready? You guys ready? You guys? And it's, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually just interested because obviously I like it because of the acting, but I want to see how you like the directing of this yeah, M Night yeah, that yeah. you hate so much. <laughs> I don't. You know what? I think I think M Night. Unfortunately, I think Night's just become kind of the running joke with directors. And whoa, 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 whoa! Elaborate. No, 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 wait. Let, let me explain why. Let me explain why. I think he's just become the running joke of being the twist guy, and he embraces that, right? He whoa, embraces whoa. that, like, like he's he hates it. Like, he what about it. this movie? This one doesn't have whoa, a twist. Hold on, hold on. Let, oh let yes, me... it does. Don't, whoa, don't that's the beauty get... of it. That's the oh, no, beauty. No, no, wait, of it. Wait, 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 wait. Gives here's... it to you on the trailer, which is here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. First of all, M Night hates being called the twist guy he hates it like he he like you know he hates it um but let me let me just preface everything by saying this and then i guess i'll kick off the first impressions just because yeah yeah but i was i was if i'm being honest guys i hadn't seen this movie since sandra and i saw it in the theaters what when did it come out 2016 yeah so since then i hadn't rewatched it um and i even told sandra like hey i gotta watch split for the podcast you want to watch it with me and she's like "Mm." And she likes these types of movies. So then, nah, like, go ahead and watch it without me. Like, I remember it. Like, it's it's fine. Just watch it without me. So wait, wait, wait. before you go, what did you think the first time you saw it? Was it just kind of well, one that, of those? That's, that's kind of what I want to get to. I didn't want to, re- if I'm being honest, I didn't want to rewatch it. Or I not that I didn't want to. I was just very reluctant. Like, oh, I have to fucking sit through this again. What? And then, wait, 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 wait. But the thing is, I remember liking it a lot. I remember walking out of the theater like, oh, shit. Okay. You know, like, I, that yeah. was pretty great. So, but for some reason, there is just this stigma in my mind. Like, I don't know if I want to put myself through this, you know, okay, for the okay. podcast. I was kind of like, I was, if I'm being honest, I was dreading it a little bit. And then I, once I finished the film, I had the exact same thought that I had the, the original thought of watching out the theater, which was this. I remember thinking, wa- walking out of the theater and thinking, oh, okay, this is what's going to bring M. Night back. Like, this is what, this is what's reestablishing him as a and good I'll director. give you that, yeah, because he had a couple yeah. of, of stinkers. He had a few stinkers. And that's what I've always said about Knight, yeah. dude. Like, he's hit or miss for me. Um, he's, he's hit or miss for me. And for my sure. first exposure to Knight was The Sixth Sense. And I love The Sixth Sense, you know, and that's, and I, I know a lot of people love signs. And, um, but just The Sixth Sense, obviously. It, that's it, where the, the, where it was born, the M. Night Shyamalan twist. The appreciation for, for, yeah, the, he was a ghost the whole time spoilers um but wow. yeah i remember just re-watching it fully die hard for me uh, I, I remember just re-watching it and feeling like after i watched it today and i was like oh okay this is what set like this if i'm being honest as a respected filmmaker this is what saved his career i think um, for sure i think with, with i don't know to punch the solidified it's comeback yeah his comeback right like his comeback was solidified mm-hmm. through this and, and look i'm speaking I'm speaking kind of impartially because I haven't seen Unbreakable and I haven't seen Glass. I'm, I've just seen Split as its own film. I haven't seen either of those. So I can't really speak on the trilogy as a whole. I know the connections it has. Yeah, and, that's, what, that's what I kind of wanted to talk. It's, I, feel I, know like, about. I know what they're about. But I feel like it was forced. You think that it was forced? Yeah, like I love M. Night. We'll talk about the ending right now, but I felt like it was... He was he's trying to get in that bag wagon of, you know, making a trilogy, making, you know. Yeah, it, it felt very. Um, the like ending, not, the ending, fuckers. Just okay. the ending, just the ending. Because I, I like, I'll, I'll share my, like, thoughts on the film. I thought it was yeah. really, like, I thought it was really impressive. But yeah, that ending felt very much like the superhero films that you wait at the end. And then it's a one character like, oh, 
that's the next movie. Like it felt very much like that. Done without it, you definitely could have done yeah. without it. But I feel like it's almost like the anti superhero thing. Like yeah, M Night, M. Night was doing that. It sounds like for Split and for Glass, for Glass especially. Like that's where doing that he was setting up his his you know Shyamalaya verse or whatever. You yeah, call sure. it Shyamalaya verse. Hey, please correct yourself on that one. His Night verse. I don't know what's the best thing. He was setting up this this M. Night Shyamaverse. The Shyamaverse. <laughs> He already tried that with the Night Chronicles, and that that didn't work. It didn't out. quite work, right? But but that's what I mean. It's like it felt like he was being smart as a producer because it didn't work then for a reason, right? But now with superhero culture and the films that are, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like as a producer because he is his own producer too, um, and he kind of co-produced this with Jason Blum, which was very unique and very smart oh, uh, for yeah. something like this. So yeah. I think that he was just being smart as a producer to set himself up during the superhero era yeah um i think that was a smart move but i i get why you guys feel it's forced i and i i totally agree but knight doesn't th- though this was his comeback film i, I don't think he, had, he cares about proving himself anymore he just cares about oh no, yeah for sure he's like way past body that. work right um anyways i'm sorry i interrupted you though on your kind of your yeah my bad dude we started like at the end but go for it you no, no, no. Uh, like honestly i i remember wanting to watch this film and i just remember i guess like with uh school and everything being busy and just uh, it, it kind of passed and it was always something I would hope to revisit. And I remember when the rest of the trilogy was kind of coming out mm. and I, I know my family saw it and they were really big fans of it, but I, I just never, I didn't know if it was worthy of revisiting, which is kind of nice about the podcast that I get to go and like, with your words, dude, worthy. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, no, like, I was on the same boat. In that neck thing, I was on that same boat. Like it <laughs> felt like a, it felt like a good popcorn flick. You know, it felt yeah. like, oh damn man, all these daggers. No, 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 no they're not a da- popcorn flick. There's there are things that like I, I one of those okay. that makes you put down your popcorn. No, no, no. listen, like, listen, wow. listen, Gasero. The the fact the thing about popcorn flicks is that as much as us filmmakers don't like to admit it, it's what's keeping keeping the movie theaters open, dude. So they're not a bad thing. They're it's a genre picture, it, and it's not a bad thing. It's a genre <laughs> picture. It's it's what it is. So what do you mean? Like you're saying it's kind of like a uh, what do you call it? A thriller? A thriller? It's, it's a thriller for sure. But it, if it, you, it, call it, thriller. It, if you would call it that, I think he perfects it. I feel, oh no yeah yeah no no he's a good storyteller yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying like in terms of storytelling and bringing M Night back as a storyteller I think Split did both I yeah, think yeah. Split brought him back like oh he is a good storyteller and it's a popcorn flick that anybody could see that's so why I, I wanted to ask you guys about the script like the, the, like the medium here well, here's the cool thing about it is that the fact the reason is we'll get to you it is it, it's got a nine nine million dollar budget it's a nine million dollar budget and, and, it, and it made 280 almost 280 million so nine million dollar budget for him to oh, have yeah, nine million dude that's all he got um and this was a pretty yeah. big film in terms i mean think about it one location it's it's, you're, you're locked in the basement yeah, it was exactly that's what i preach it's the idea you need a house right he's a small uh, little he, he made it so impressive for i mean what minimal it does feel like you know i mean that's why i say on the directing front dude like i, I was happy i was actually yeah. like oh shit okay he did use of this he did he, and i'll get into the directing front right yeah. now because yeah. I, I picked up on a lot of shit that i didn't pick Same. up on the first time uh but yoko what were your first impressions yoko moto bring that thought okay, over so so in my case uh unbreakable is one of my favorite scripts of all time. That's true. Oh, okay. It's one of my top five scripts. Uh, like I know it, it does suffer from from some shamanisms, <laughs> but uh, apart from that, like it, it's still like it is one of those really just really good scripts. And it came out like right before the first Spider-Man movie. 
Oh, okay. So it actually was introspective about the comic book genre yeah, yeah. even before this whole comic book re- renaissance that we had. That, that's a, that's what was so great about Unbreakable. Right. And, okay. So, uh, so like I like the low I background. My, for sure. I, yeah. I like my I like my Shyamalan. I like my Shyamalan. Yeah, this seems uh, to be your type. He has of some really sure. great highs, but some disastrous lows. Which is business, baby. <laughs> yes. It's business, baby. Uh, now. The, so I, when I heard Split was going to come out, uh, we had just seen uh, The Visit, which is really wow. his true comeback movie. Oh, that was before? Yes, that was, that was before this one. And actually, uh, thanks to that one, that's what made him kind of... Make yeah, I think because... like uh, other studios started looking to, because I love The Visit, for sure. Well, the thing is that, so what he started doing right with The Visit... Uh, after he had bombed with After Earth and oh my God, don't even and the last Airbender. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'll stand out, please. Leave those out, please. We don't talk about <laughs> those in the Shamaverse. <laughs> the Shamaverse. So, so after all that, he what he did is that he took a gamble on himself. Yeah, he took out a mortgage out of his house. Whoa, and made the visit. That's no why. Way. So basically, that was a totally self-financed movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I I, re- I heard on a, an interview of his today that he said that basically the two pictures before Split, the two films he made before Split, he was he was purposefully making super, super low budget films compared to what he was used to, just so that he could have that creative freedom and almost like mess up on purpose, like get it oh, out, like aggressively kind of wow. get it out. That's what he was saying in an interview. Uh-huh. That's so um, dude, think about it. Unbreakable. You, just say, you think about it. Unbreakable versus this, just in terms of like the capacity unbreakable out of 45 million dollar budget and then split out of nine million dollar budget you know what That's... i mean so yeah i mean things things like sign i mean mel gibson dude was the biggest actor at, at the time and if I, I mean yeah dude, these were big pictures and big budgets so mm-hmm. for him to want to turn around and kind of be be an artist again just be a filmmaker again and not because he was in the studio he was wrapped up in the studio system dude he was wrapped up in universal he yeah, was wrapped airbender up with the, and all those. Airbender. those were all studio pictures that bombed obviously so for him to want to come back and just make indies so like yoko saying this independently financed film um i think that's what made split what it is i think that's yeah, what wow. yeah. and so there's, there's something even on that one yeah there's something about split that it feels like an indie picture but yeah. it, it indie uh not in the way it has of, like it feels an indie like, framework like the indie yeah, bones. Yeah. it doesn't feel like indie in the way of like there, you could see limitations or you could see potential but it's not there it feels indie in the sense that there was a lot of creative freedoms kind of done to it and they like they're they're very experimental i was even looking at kind of like some of the camera shots and i yeah. guess the cinematography behind it and it doesn't feel traditional, really. Like, I mean, every time I try to place it in a box and say, oh, well, it's trying to be that whole, like, girls trying to escape and all that. It no. used some really different shots yeah. that I just, I noticed That's that. You know what Ooh. I think it is? You know what I think it is, though? I think it's to, it, comp- it contributes to a factor. Two tr- factors contribute to it. Number one, it's Blumhouse. I think Blumhouse has a big thing about it. I think him being yeah. in business with Jason Blum. I, I agree. He was with Jason Blum was, like, kind of trying to make that transition from horror to thriller to yeah. more yeah yeah, yeah. so i feel like he was giving more he had enough trust in night to be like all right i'll do it i'll distribute this yeah, Here's yeah. The money, you know i think it's that that's partially one thing it's working with a distributor well working with a production company that's gonna let you have the freedom with a decent budget that you can work with and then you know because universal distributed it because it was fucking great and it made a lot of money right so universal comes and picks it up um that's the one thing the other thing is 
as a director, I was looking at this thing and I was like, why are there so many POVs? Why, you know, I kept wondering about the shots a lot, just like kind of like you're saying a lot, but the cool thing about it is it's, it's three in one. It's basically three genres in one, right? It's a supervillain origin story. Think like Joker, right? We're talking about like Joker. That's like the hidden one. Okay. Right. The, the supervillain origin story, which, yeah, you're right. We don't discover it's a supervillain thing till we discover it's connected to the unbreakable verse. Right. Or the, um, yeah, the, or the yeah, beef. Kind of like unbreakable. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of like unbreakable uh, from what I've read, right. From what I've, I've seen the, the character arc. Um, the second thing about it is it's a character study. Um, and for those of you who don't, don't know, it really deep dives into disassociative identity disorder uh, or multi-personality disorder. Um, it's kind of got a couple, it goes by a couple of names, but DID, and, and they use that in the film a lot, DID, DID. Mm-hmm. So it's a character study. And, and that's the factor I appreciated the most, okay. but get to that. Um, exactly. And then lastly, it's a captivity thriller. It's we're locked in a in the place and how are we going to get out? And there's a killer after us. So if as a director, dude, that's really impressive, man. Like, I'll, I'm just going to say it off the bat. It's impressive to have these three genres blended so organically into one um, and, and do it successfully. Like, I didn't have to I didn't have to tear this film apart to enjoy it. Like, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. For well, what well, it was. Look with that. And then on top of the actor performing we'll, we'll talk I, about the right yeah. at his I peak remember, i remember being I, that i remember like, like going into this like are we gonna though the biggest thing i remember enjoying about this film was a performance and then this time around i enjoyed everything else yeah that's how i did it too like i started watching oh, yeah. the game you find the details of, oh yeah. man the writing that's pretty yeah. good i started enjoying everything else a little more and I, and I have a pet peeve with the performance but i'll get there i'll get there um Ooh. we'll get to that but yeah i think it was just impressive on that front i think uh knight was trying to be a little he wasn't it's because that's that's the thing about genre pictures if you you, to explain right a genre picture is something that quite frankly has a built-in audience Mm -hmm. um and and knight has a reputation of that because he kind of invented the modern genre picture you know to have a built-in audience that's going to go see the film because it's an m night twist ending and it's a thriller or it's i'll give you that i like like what how entourage describes a genre picture genre picture is something you can you can be in he, t- he tells Vince, the actor is like, you, you star in this picture. You smile a couple of times. The so girls want to fuck you. You act scared. Think of it like, think of it like Shia and Disturbia. That's what a genre picture is, right? <laughs> smile a couple of times. The so girls want to fuck you. And you, and you, uh, you, you act scared a couple of times. That's what a genre picture is, right? So I feel like he kind of single-handedly in, like invented the modern, the modern genre picture, right? Mm-hmm. But he used, he got over the tropes in a very classy way. Yeah. And I think Yoko, you're kind of the best guy to tackle tropes in terms of like the genre. Yes. Talked about that before, but there's tropes and you have to get over them. Like, how do you get over the weak girl getting chased by the killer? How do you get over that? You know, there's tropes in, in every, especially thriller, uh, modern oh, yeah. popcorn thriller. And, and I think I think Knight did a very classy job in getting over these tropes. So I don't know if you guys, then, that's kind of my thought. E- first. Even then you couldn't uh, like escape every one of them. It's almost like it's mm-hmm. so I think the reason tropes kind of exist is because it's a formula for what's kind of successful and it helps people connect with the story a lot quicker. Like yeah. we could already start to see signs of like, this is going to be the final and girl. Signs, signs. No. Oh, I, I love you, dude. I love you. <laughs> but, but like we're, we're, we're already seeing it's going to, this is going to be the final girl. Obviously right. she seems right. to have some she's mentality. To, she's yeah. Different. She's different, but 
I mean, I'm gonna tell you, I, I thought it was a, my bad, though, but I thought there was gonna be a twist with her. But go for it, go for it. Like she no, was no. inheriting the crazy. Well, I mean, or yeah, something that, to that degree. That like, was that was kind of the twist that he was going that was for. A with that. that was the setup. Yeah, yeah, that was the setup. Well, no, exactly. Because at the very end, it's like, oh wait, you're also like, uh, like broken or something like that. Exactly. Like, and that's why you know she was able to survive. So it kind of that was your your big twist that that's why she gets to survive. But um. You know, it's really interesting because I think with like the final girl and like other uh, shows and or um, films, it's somebody who is survives because they're able to be a little bit more smart. They're able to uh, like find inner strength and all that, but they I don't really develop them that much more than that. I think. I think it's. I think the trope, the big trope, is that those characters make it out by chance, and in this particular case, she didn't yeah. make it out by chance. It was very meticulously thought out. Yeah. And the confidence she got from meticulously thinking this is because she went through something traumatic herself. Yeah. And so well, it's more um, developed. I think, you know, it's more yeah, developed than you see absolutely. normally in like the final girl. So that's impressive. Just the, the way that you're able to take something that is yeah. going to happen and develop it beyond. So that way it's interesting and it's unique and it's yours, you know. Absolutely. I, what were we going to say, Yoko? Here, uh, so here, this is one of those uh, uh, things where if you see, if you see them breakable and go with the with the story pattern of it, yeah, like you'd realize what uh, kind of also what happens here with Anya Taylor Joy and uh, James McAvoy, yeah. uh, where at the end you realize that apart from the fact that oh yeah, this is a supervillain origin story, right? Well, it's it's as well it is another hero's uh, origin story. Sure, sure. Because uh, as well as with Unbreakable, the way they w- once you figure that oh this was a superhero story, oh wait. This also was a super super villain story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. At, at the very end of Unbreakable, here it kind of takes it the other way, but what, uh, especially because in Glass, uh, exactly, I was at a guess. That's that. that's where it comes, like it all comes to fruition, sure. where she is one of the like uh, one of the heroines, one of the yeah, one yeah. of the league that could be there. I mean, look, I I just want to credit that too. This was this was at a time when Anya Taylor Joy was. I fucking love her, dude. I'll watch her in anything. Yeah, this was I one think. of her first. Well, the witch and this, this witch, one. Yeah, right after the witch, she jumped into this. And, and you can tell, dude, right away. She was saying that they asked her, like, how did you feel about jumping into this thriller? Like, you weren't afraid of be- doing the witch and then go get like being typecast into this genre because you're doing the witch and then you're doing. Ooh, okay. And then my thriller. And she was like, you know what? I, I really don't think about it in those terms. I think about it in the terms of what's the script doing for me. And the script captivated me right away. Um, and, and by that same token, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy McAvoy, boy, Jimmy McAvoy, he says that he read the script and he thought he was, he goes up to page three and he's like, ah, fuck. Okay. So what? So, so M night is doing saw really, this is the film I'm going to make. And then he gets, and then he's like, and then I get to page four of the script and I realize it's not that. And that's what turned me on to it. It kind of keep developing it. Yeah. Uh, funny how we were talking about James Wan before this. Right. And, um, off camera i should say but yeah i i just think um that's what i, I wanted think, to ask yeah. i think the script set up some really cool things since we're on performance so before let's talk, yeah sorry go ahead go ahead yoko uh, uh just before we actually like delve way more into it i just want to like uh put it put on the table right. my actual first reaction of the movie yeah okay. was uh i mean we i skipped it in the theaters uh it was just one oh, of those okay. that like uh like i just for some reason, I didn't really see as it, big of an oh, because you didn't know about the unbreakable connection. Yeah, well, oh, okay, yeah. like 
like I saw it trending uh, the Unbreakable started coming out like oh people are finally discovering this movie yeah. again that's awesome and and then uh, so we rented it on DVD and so we were enjoying it and we're like oh man this is pretty cool everything and then it gets to that final scene at the restaurant I nerded yeah. the fuck out like, you liked it way more now yes like the third my, my inner my inner like 12 year old was yeah. jumping at him. I get it. I get it. Seeing Bruce me. Willis right there, and then I, I get it. I get it. My wife did not know what to do with me at that point <laughs> because, like, because she hadn't seen a uh, Breakable. Oh, and oh so okay, she, okay. She's just like, what, "What the hell is this guy doing here?" Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, most people. Yeah. Yes. But that's why I say he's got a built-in audience with him because. If you're in, in them, my fan, you've seen both, right? So I, like mm-hmm. I said, I haven't seen Unbreakable, but I'm sure the people that were going because it was it was an M Night film, like they've seen Unbreakable, so that that's the audience he was preparing for. I I, I think it's a good point. That's uh, why I wanted to like dive into like with you guys with the script. There's a couple of scenes where like they just stand up so much because you guys already talked about the directing. I'll talk a little bit more about the acting, but what do you think about the script? Okay, let's. I know it has holes there, you know, but no, I think. I think uh, I think he uses for for writing for a writing purpose for it being a thriller for it being a psychological thriller. I think Knight used a very uh, very smart, clean way of being um, of being subtle of being subtle with the information. So, like only distri- that's the kind of the the thriller. Yeah, stuff, right. Is to only give certain bits of information throughout the film. So I think he did that very, very uh, successfully. I think he successfully mm-hmm. gave the information of certain individuals, certain characters. Um, I think where that one really kind of stands out is when he, um, what is it called? The, when he sets up the meeting with Dr. Fet- Fletcher. Like you the first uh, emergency meeting. Or- yeah, with Barry. Like he's uh, Barry first and then he's Dennis. Yeah, and then yeah. she finally meets mm-hmm. Dennis. Yeah. That the writing, I don't know if you guys caught a couple of the writing things there. Hmm. Whereas, like, okay, well, you're telling me that the, the 23 personalities are inside a room and you get a shot of her with the dining room in the back with a bunch of like kind of insinuating, like, that's what's going on in his head. Yeah, that's what I kind of like. I got, I, I mean, no, I think again, we're going to combine writing and directing here because I feel like as a director. That those are more director traits. Those aren't really script traits. Those are director traits. Oh, okay. I, I'd so, say for the writing, uh, if if you don't mind me jumping in, yeah. what I thought was um, nice about uh, Doctor Fletcher's character was that I feel like for thriller films, there's this essence of like you really want to establish the problem and you want to see the problem get worse. You want to see yeah. uh, things maybe lead up to a climax yeah. and we know that the climax is going to come with them trying to escape. We don't know how they're going to be able to escape. Um, That's the overall but we, surface level. But we also don't really understand uh, how important Fletcher's going to play a role later on. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, and I, I got to ask you guys about that too. I, I, like how they, I like how they built up her character yeah. and made her very kind of like a, just a subtle entity that maybe like notices like oh you know you're you're one of the people that comes in and all that but the more and more we see her the more and more she feels important yeah. and is think, able I to kind of like she doesn't see him like ca- him having a disease she sees it as a intriguing like well, that's wow that's this guy could transform think, into you know i think we we get the, the fletcher character and i think night again he did this successfully i think he was setting this character up to be the prologue character the character that's just going to tell us the information that we need to know about you know about uh mm-hmm. james mcavoy's character so 
I think that's what we expected. So we didn't expect her to be important. And then she turns out to be like the key for the lock, you know. Well, she's very layered. If you really yeah. think about it, she's very layered yeah. and rating. She's a motherly figure. Um, exactly. For this character. She's a protector, right? And then especially because this character had mother mom issues and exactly. was the psychological side oh, of dad life. issues, dad issues. Yeah. No mom issues. Mom. He was his mom was fucking psychotic. Oh like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. It's because the dad left in the train. Yeah, the dad left. I'm going the into the third act. My bad. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's more it's glass. glass. We don't know that till yeah, glass. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, no, no, no. They do mention it. They do. Mention <laughs> oh yeah, they do on this yeah, one. My I bad. Mean, the whole train and the flowers and the whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I. But I think the mother side of it, like he didn't have a a mother with with a a psyche that was plain and calm and you know so to have a doctor be that figure for him i think that's that's another layer that that fletcher had and then the fact is she's she's protecting her work right she's trying to she's trying to normalize the these individuals because there's more than one in fact so much so that this character was based on an actual case like that existed um about a guy who like raped three women who his case was dismissed because he pled insanity and it was one of the first insanity cases that was dismissed damn you for real yeah, like Knight based it on an actual dude. Like, I didn't um, know this. That's that's very interesting. And um, yeah, it's it's a in his face. I had opened up a tab. Billy Milligan. You Google Billy Milligan, and uh, he's like the first guy who was had a case this, or one of the first guys who had a case dismissed because he pled that he has multiple personalities, and some of his personalities are more evil than others. And I hope you. Know. So that's where Knight got the inspiration from. Oh wow, that's. I and I, I only bring that up because it's it's the Dr. Fletcher character defending her work of her, her life's work almost, but it's not going to help. Like you don't see her with a selfish turn. You see her like, I want to normalize this. I want people to know that this exists. And, and exactly. Potentially we could tap into the brain further than we know, but I'm almost, it's almost like caring for this figure more than it is her own agenda. So yeah, she's very layered. And in terms of writing, I, I I'll give you that. She's a very layered character for sure. So uh, with, in terms with uh, Shyamalan's uh, writing, I, I have come with two things with him. What's One, up? Okay. He, has, he has great ideas. Exactly. Like, great setups. He, like, mm-hmm. you, could, you could definitely see why at the beginning of his career, he was called uh, the, next, uh, the next Spielberg, the next Hitchcock. Sure. Because, yeah. because he, had some, he has some great ideas. And that's where it starts, the, man. The they're they're quite provocative and the being question prone. Like you, you, you ask yourself these questions, right? Like, what if this yeah. did happen? Or what if this did? Yeah, of course, absolutely. And he he has some good plot, like the way he follows the plots and everything. Uh, he he usually has some uh, good structure. Sure. Now the the thing where he's where I usually have qualms with him is that he's just not good with dialogue sometimes. Like he overwrites the hell of. <laughs> what do you mean, though? In which like, part? Or what do you mean? Well, uh, it, uh, let's say, like in this one. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. Um, uh, there's moments where, let's say, with uh, Doctor Fletcher when she's with she's with yeah. her, with this cameo, and like that, this that whole up. monologue about about who he is. And yeah. Oh, oh, I'll give you. That's the only one. I'll give you that but, one. But I mean, sure. you know what? I, I mean. <laughs> Okay, that one for sure. That one was able to at least cover its tracks in, yeah. in establishing that it's a character that's a doctor. So that kind of formal dialogue recapping yeah, everything uh, you are. I, I think even you don't think it was no. I no. I I do think it yeah, covers the only one. But I think it covers its track or it tries to cover its tracks because I, I agree with you a lot. Like I could forgive it, 
I couldn't forgive his acting, but I could forgive the dialogue because <laughs> yeah, he was bad, dude. He's kind of never been the good actor. Um, but um, no, he's trying to be Hitchcock, dude. Hitchcock, exactly. He's a big Hitchcock fan. Hitchcock. But anyways, I think it was trying to cover its tracks. That particular scene, um, it was trying to cover its tracks of like they to just to set up the relationship to the fact that she knows this super well enough to get camera access. You know what I mean? Right. Like they know each other well enough. She knows that he likes to eat fast food. She knows yeah. that you know, like it. I think it's just covering its tracks that way. I don't think it was trying to be super like snippy about anything else. I think no, it was kind of set up. It, it was a lot of other movies of his. He also has this tendency of overriding, overriding yeah. dialogue. But the thing is, uh, but his again, I do always love his ideas. But what he's always impressed me more. Like even even in his shittiest movies, mm. what he's always impressed me more is his directing. Okay, uh, the, his eye of the camera. Uh, there was this uh, guy on uh, YouTube. What he did was that he he put he put uh, like snippets of his movies. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Completely black and white, no dialogue, no music. Yeah. You just see what's going on, and in that you could definitely see. Uh, with the placement of where he has it, yeah, you can see the action of what's going on. You can clearly see the the emotions that he's portraying, and exactly. that's where I think he shines uh, really Let's good. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about films. that. I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's a good transition from the writing to the directing. Um, and I forget who said this. I, it might have been Hitchcock. Um, it might have been Hitchcock that said that like the tell of a good director is to turn off the sound. Um, oh yeah. And just watch the shots of, you know, the intention of the visuals for the director. I don't know that I agree with that 100%. Um, because, again, it's it's about combining all of these art forms into one to, to be, you know, conclusive. But um, to be cohesive, rather. But um, I, think, I think with this one, I will say that I was really impressed. I was really impressed in the directing. Um, a lot of shots, a lot of camera movements that, that stood out to me. Let, me. let me get into that. One of the first things I started to notice, like I said, was the POVs. Yeah. Um, and I and I tried to remember, is that a night thing? Is a POVs a night thing? But it's not. It's not mm -hmm. a it's not a night thing. It's just that he was trying to do something different in this picture. Yeah. I respected that. Um, so he uses a lot of POVs and he sets us up in this. I think it's to set up the world and to really put us in the mind of the character, right? Um, that's what POVs are meant to do anyways, but we see a lot of, most of the POVs, if not all of them, I'll say most, most of the POVs are in the perspective of James mm -hmm. McAvoy's character. So we don't really see POVs from Anya Taylor-Joy's. We don't really see POVs from anybody. Else. We see them from, from the villain. We see that's, those are the POVs we're getting. So that's strategic. That's on purpose. At least I hope it's on purpose. Otherwise, he's not a good director but yeah, yeah. Uh, so so that that was the first thing i noticed a lot of the other shots really caught my attention in the sense that he was purposefully and and the law you and i did this in the last picture we did he was purposely going out of focus in in certain yeah. shots to uh especially like deep focus and then go out of focus and then we get the character to walk yeah, yeah, out yeah. of frame and in the frame um, and I kept wondering, what is he, what is he doing? And, and, but the more I saw him doing it, I understood that it was the, uh, it was trying to put the audience in a place of uncertainty. Um, 
but questioning almost like our own senses. Not only that, but I'd also say that uh, that whole in focus, out of focus thing, because I mean, it's established at the very beginning when he yeah. comes into the car and you see, uh, I forgot the girl's name was. Yeah. yeah, but the girl it's is super in this super shallow depth of field. And if I'm not mistaken, oh, turning towards him, he is, or he's in more focus. But what it is, the only thing I questioned there were the were the pants. I don't, I yeah. don't, I don't think well, the pants did anything for me. Here's, here's what it did. Here's what it did. I think that the in focus, out of focus was a control thing. And I think by having it out of focus and things kind of being distorted the way you would look at it, it puts the audience much like the character where you're not in control anymore. Yeah, you don't, you're not able to like darn. have a firm grasp on what's going on and what's going to happen next. And uh, you can see that again. Uh, clear example is like with the doctor when she's disoriented and it's like nothing's mm. really in focus, but it's because she's obviously drugged. She's out of control. She can't yeah. take charge of what's going on. You know, right. um, I think that's, that was really unique because you'll see thrillers where somebody gets drugged or something and you can see they, they have everything in super sharp focus and it's to show, Oh, look, there's the knife that you need to just grab. So that way yeah. you can stab the person who's attacking you. Yeah. Uh, but this one was like, no, let's, let's, let's put the character where there's no clear solution. There's no clear way of getting out of yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. you're kind of stuck in. So that was unique. I, I think it, there was also a couple of other techniques I could mention um that just it, it felt very different like every time i tried to yeah. put this in a category of like oh it's using this technique because the thriller oh it's using this yeah. technique because it's trying to make things scary it, it always subverted it just a tiny bit yeah. but to make it interesting um yeah. i'm gonna have to rewatch this just for still i didn't there's, catch there's one more like, like, there's yeah oh well there's one last one i want to talk about that i thought was really interesting um do you guys know what the snorri cam is? Uh, you've probably seen it in like uh, the hangover. It's that camera that hangs on to the actor and yeah, basically yeah. Oh, just yeah. films their face oh, and all okay. that. Yeah. Um, there was a few times where like the, the characters are running around and I thought, oh, well, they're doing a snorri cam shot because it's just watching their face as they're running through. But then it backs up just a little bit. So then you yeah, could see the fuller picture of everything. And that's interesting because I mean, it seems so much harder to do. Most people would have just said, "Throw the story cam." Let's see. What are you talking about when she's running? The girl with the yeah, because button? you're just seeing her face. Yeah, you're 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 seeing the the girl running around, and you just see her face, and she's panicking. But then you see that the camera is able to back up, so you see her hands fidgeting and and getting it's, scared. It's, and it, it's that thing, that's right? An interesting like, shot. It's, I think it's a character trait thing, and and that's yeah. I picked up more on the character traits than I did on the camera. And let me tell you why. For instance, in the story cam scene, the first time we see it, if effectively i think is when she tells the girl to pee herself right yeah. um, she literally grabs camera like yeah. that, that's the pov we get right and we're kind of with her for a moment um i guess that's more pov than story but anyways like i had <laughs> to go pee. back I'm sorry. i had to go back to hear that dialogue just to kind of okay what is she whispering in her ear and why why do we have to get into a pov to know this um but it was used effectively it was used effectively I, I'm, i'll tell you this and before we get into character traits, my favorite shot of the entire film, the shot that's set up. Uh, I want to hear this. That's solidified. The solidified. And it's a very short, it's a very small, it's, yeah. if you'll bleed, if you blink, you'll miss it. Bring it. Uh, we have the beast, right? We have the beast running through the streets, right? He's, 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 he's out. Uh, this is after the train and, and, you know, he's, he's running. We see him running in an overhead shot, classic Hitchcock shot, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the lamp one, right? the lamp one 
and we see the lamp, so cool. the nightlight in the oh, middle. So remember the entire the entire film. We're hearing that basically all of his identities are in chairs, and then they step into the light. Yeah. Right. So when yeah. the beast is in the light on the light, <laughs> hey, that's that's beautiful. Genius. Pretty genius. Like that's I say. Okay, that's my that's okay. All right, night. I got you. I got you. You're you're back. I mean, uh, that is pretty. I, 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 I saw the same thing, but I, I, I was looking at it maybe a little too in-depth. Um, they're all split up, and I mean, that's why it's called split, but okay. it has this idea that they don't really mold together. Like, everybody kind of has their own spot yeah. in the light, and yeah. this is the first shot where you see him crossing through, and there's a that's very definitive, yeah, there's a very definitive line, which is the, the lamplight, yeah. and he just darts through that. There's nothing kind of stopping it, and it almost adds its extra lay attention of, like, there's no there's, there's no stopping yeah. yeah yeah there's no there's nobody with a with an actual consensus like there's nobody with uh with uh it's an animal like there's no yeah. there's no conscience in in like in the light that we could speak to type of thing yeah i i, I see that i it, see that it, but yeah i think it's interesting it's a very interesting shot and i mean i don't know call it directorial choice i mean i can also see the cinematography in it but it felt unique there's something about yeah. this film that just felt so unique compared to like other thrillers and all that that i just i I can appreciate i can appreciate knight using uh like for instance the dp was a tv dp you know the the guy who did the music he got it from some tv show like so um i can appreciate knight wanting to experiment maybe that's why his budget was so low or or maybe it's the other way around but uh i know that his dp didn't do a ton in terms of features or at least uh i don't want to say successfully but the, the last thing that this DP had done, which was very successful and, and in this genre, was It Follows. Um, hmm. That's obviously very, you know, again. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you can kind of see the similarities on the, yeah, the camera. absolutely. And the music, I thought it was an interesting choice as a director. He, he instead of, so he originally, Knight got these Ennio Morricone scores licensed. And he was going to use just Ennio Morricone scores from other films, believe it or not. Oh, what? to kind of set up the score for this character. And then he heard the, the writer of the music, I think his name's Wes. What's Andrew? Sorry. Uh, Wes Dylan Thornton. Um, And he's like a TV dude. Like he did some TV stuff that Knight saw and he was like, Oh dad, that's what I want. So he just got rid of the Ennio Morricone stuff. And he, he got this guy to write an original score. Um, and, and by the way, he did this and he did a glass, but he was like some dude, some TV dude. So that's what um, he's about, man. I think Mike was giving opportunity to kind of get more creative and to yeah. bring in other mediums. And because he's blending genre, uh, having the use of music, having the use of cinematography and the use of True. lighting to blend genres. I really do think he was keen on like, okay, this is a thriller and this is a character piece, but it's also this escape movie. And so he was really blending genre and by blending genre, you're blending genre techniques. And I think that's why the law like, that maybe that's what we picked up on. Like you can't put your finger on. Yeah. And that was a technique. He's I, like that. I, 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 just, he's I was impressed by that. I think it was done very successfully. And I mean, it again goes back to probably something I've said a lot. It's a concept that it sounds really cool, but when executing it, you can imagine so many ways it can go wrong. And this didn't feel like one of them. Let, let, let's talk I, about I, set design a little bit and character traits. Cause oh, no, can, I, can I go, can I put one little input? Yeah. Yeah. There's one um, where I think M. Night Shyamalan's kind of like grown into this business is where I was talking about in the beginning where he kind of gives you the twist at the beginning or, or kind mm-hmm. of in the trailer. 
And that's where I'm being on like selling stuff. Like, you know, I'm learning like what's how do, how do you get to like the the studio's desk and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think this is one of those perfect films where the opening scene, not so much in the restaurant, but when they're walking to the car, mm-hmm. it's oh, probably yeah. the first 10 minutes and it already captivates you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a, you know what I'm saying? That's, I think that's a smart move from M. Night. Like, they're waiting for my that. twist. I'm, I'm going to give it to them in the beginning. I wouldn't call that the twist. I don't, I don't know that that's, because a twist is, is. When they I see she's a lady. Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for Night, it's, it's it's the big reveal. I, I I'd almost call it more of a reveal than a twist for night. But I think the original ten minutes, it's it's setting you in that world. It's exactly. dropping you into the world. Um. So I, I think that's his intention. But that's Which, just my point of view. Like, do you feel like, I just remember that the that uh, that's what you shoot for as an amateur. Like man, if you could get him the first ten minutes, just like but that. But you feel like that scene just enough. where, um, like, like he comes out and you find out that he was the woman that, like, he was talking to and all that kind of stuff. Do you feel that's like why I would cut it off? Right there. That was enough of a yeah. a minor twist, but yeah. just to kind of like get people off the idea, like, oh, it's an M Night thing. He's gonna do a big twist and all that. Yeah, it's almost like yeah, it's almost like let me throw him a bone and then show you that I'm gonna do something different. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly. He's self-aware. He's self-aware. Yeah. He knows what people want. He knows what's gonna sell. He's no he knows what's gonna get. Maybe this was Knight's last attempt of like, all right, man, I'm working with a studio. I'm just gonna fucking you know steer into the skid of the twist and give people what they want throughout, but I'm gonna sprinkle it. I'm gonna exactly. do it my way. Well, yeah, well, you know, I kind of agree. With you. I feel like this was view. kind of his personal project. Like, that's 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 an M night thing. I don't know. What's up, Yoko? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, let me give you another point of view. Uh, my wife, uh, she she doesn't know uh, really about M night Shyamalan. Uh, like she, like she's seen the uh, movies, but she wouldn't distinguish. Uh, like, oh, this is <laughs> yeah, movie. yeah. Oh, yeah. there's yeah. gonna be a twist or something like that. Right, right. And that's where I think this. This movie, what's what I think was actually great for him, especially, is that this movie, uh, you could watch it not even knowing it, it's Shyamalan, not even knowing it, that uh, he works with twists and stuff like that. Yeah. This movie is a straightforward uh, beginning to end. It keeps uh, moving forward, yeah. Where there's not really about a, it's not really about a twist. Now the only twist it is 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 the whole thing at the end that oh wait this is connected to the Unbreakable oh yeah uh, universe right and that's also awesome, uh, yeah. that's the yeah, only that's, like twist that really happens. But true. That's what I appreciated is that this film could stand on its own, and for me it does because I don't I haven't seen the other films so I don't. Oh no, there's it. another twist. My bad, my bad, Carlos. <laughs> no, go for it, go for it. Uh, I think I think it's a sting, and I think I think he does it. And and if I'm being honest, if I'm being frank, yes, I think M Night did the modern genre picture and kind of not perfected, but he established the modern genre picture. But he certainly wasn't the first person to develop a twist. That's just oh like, no no for sure you know, no. That's, but that's a cinema thing. But that's what I'm saying. Like I I I think he's steering to the skid because he knows how to do it successfully. But I don't think he's I don't think he's thinking about that at all. If I'm being honest, like knowing how much he hates. Being exactly. Sure. I don't think he's thinking about that, like purposely. But, you know, but, you know, he like like you said, he's self-aware. So, he knows, yeah, exactly. that's his selling point. You know, yeah. I got some twists for you guys. So if you're working with a studio that's giving him so much money and they're they're saying you he's need, smart about it, you know, I mean, that's going to set him up for, for success in the future. Right. I mean. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's interesting to kind of. And I think uh, that's where I look. Go for it. The big the big shift uh, in uh, I guess the conversation. Castro, the the acting. I mean, I feel like this is almost like a 
It feels like an actor's That's playground. Yeah, exactly. Nice. That's because it's just, I, I, I mean, off the premise alone, a guy with uh, multiple personalities that are all coming at play. I feel like it's just a, let me show you every range I could possibly give you, which, you know, I think. There's another layer to this. It's, okay. it's 23 personalities, uh, borderline on 24. The beast mm-hmm. is kind of 24. But we only see one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, we get like they, eight. they credit like six, right? We see eight, if I'm not mistaken. We we, we see eight because a lot of like like two or three of them are also on the computer. We don't oh, exactly the, the yeah. heroin guy and all. So that. let's let's just kind of point that out because I think it's important to know that yes, twenty three. I think twenty three is overkill, right? In terms of trying to show range. Exactly. Yeah. That's what but I was thinking. Eight, like you get a good eight or nine of these. Yeah. Really Although in glass, because, it does expand a little bit more on them. Exactly. Um, oh, dude. Another, like, six I, didn't, I didn't know. Well, have but, you seen Glass? I haven't. This is, so basically, Ooh. you're getting my standalone impression right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. when you see, there's this one, um, it's even on YouTube. Oh, there's there's one this scene. one scene that That's reminds amazing. me of you. Because it has this Wes Anderson vibe when they're in the pink room. I don't know really? if you've seen that, Yoko. Oh, dude. Just for that one. Yeah, I uh, let, me, let me preface this, okay? Let me preface really this conversation really about the acting by saying that. I, uh, you Castro, you might kill me for this, but uh, before James McAvoy was casted, Joaquin Phoenix was supposed to play the role. No, 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 no. Nah, he wouldn't have been able to pull it off. No, are I, you kidding me? Joaquin Phoenix? Watch Joker. Yes. Oh, I, no, and, no, no, no. I, I, just I, I love Joker. You. I would have loved Joaquin in this. Yeah. Yes. You think you think Joaquin could do a New York accent, an English accent? No, 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 no. Wait, wait. Let me. Yes, of course. He doesn't. Let me. Let me. Let me. He was in Brother Bear. Oh, man. Let me just say this. I think Joaquin, if I'm being honest, I think Joaquin, I don't know, dude. Let me just just he was good in Joker for sure. But this one. I think if Joaquin were in this picture, it would have escalated would actually got nominated. a popcorn, a popcorn flick. Into Yo, I'm Oscar. out. I think it would have escalated it being an Oscar, a popcorn flick into an Oscar flick if Joaquin was involved in this project. I think it would have escalated. Because I mean, I think that's what he did to Joker. Honestly, like I mean, Joker was one. uh, Crazy. No, 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 but but the thing you're talking about range. Yeah. Come on, is No, he's good. I'm not saying he's good, but I don't think he has the range, like personalities. Like he's not gonna come out with a controversial. No, but but this is you know what? I think this is the difficult part. How do you decipher whether it's an actor's range or if it's just in the script and it's enough that any actor? Well, that's what I wanted to talk about when you asked me the the, the question. Look, I think James McAvoy did solidify himself in this film. It's really solidified. Yeah, because look, before that, he was doing X Men pictures and he was doing kind of like the. I remember him from Wanted. The Angelina (laughs) Jolie one. Yeah, Wanted. That's one. So, I mean, he was kind of becoming that guy, right? But this showed people he's an actor. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing. I think I think the approach to Joaquin Phoenix is what the f- the approach to 60% of the characters is great. Um the other 40% I was like kind of annoyed, dude. Like when I kept asking myself cuz most of his characters like the Hedwig and fucking uh um Patricia Gary the other guy, the Daniel, or the guy with the Dennis, he, Dennis is the Dennis, Dennis. One, and then Kevin is the real guy. They had Boston accents. Why do why why do you need Boston? He's got different ones. He's got Barry, who's the New why York. That's Corsese. What are you talking about? Boston accents. You could t- obviously tell they were bad Boston accents, and I didn't know. Them. It just annoyed me. I didn't know why we needed them. I, I didn't know I don't why know. he chose that. 
I did. Were, were you waiting for him to go into like a British accent? <laughs> I, was, I was. No, no. Okay, yeah, because he did, and and yeah. those accents were good. Like when he was talking as the like the philosopher uh, and talking about the the history of whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. That was good. Like he actually like presented that character good, and Patricia was good. The mannerisms of of the feminine mannerisms you know, were really good. The uh, Hedwig was good to to kind of establish like, oh, this motherfucker crazy, right? Exactly. But. but there was like Dennis and I didn't need it. I no, didn't. no, you know why? You know why he's a must. Dennis, here's in that scene. That's why he said Dennis is a must because he's strict. He's he's methodical. methodical. I, here's here's, I here's why they did Bostonian. I kept wondering. Yeah, if, I don't understand why why you're why you're questioning the Boston accent. It's personalities that are in his head. Yeah, but but here's here's a layer to it. Maybe when he was I a kid, he was watching a Boston TV show. My bad, no, go for it. No, no, I I think it's really challenging to Get find. It multiple accents yeah. in in like the american dialogue you know like or in the american yeah that where if you if you dialects. Do like a, dialects dialects thank you yeah. communication major prick um <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think if you go to like a main accent or like a minnesota accent or like a texan they feel like stereotypes you can't right. tell me that when anybody who uses a texan accent is not using it like a stereotype you know and but boston feels yeah, thanks to the departed and fucking Tom Brady and you know I mean th- that's- yeah those th- those feel genuine and they feel like people use them people walk around they're real and then it's something that you can learn and kind of like well, manipulate as, as you an know? actor if you're not careful a Boston accent can sound like a New York oh accent. yeah yeah that's what I'm saying like and if you, you, you fuckers like you guys catch that just, so anyways I, I'm just throwing that out there like there, there's another, another can Jim, I give another insight yeah yeah yeah. To, I'm from Boston. So you see the scar. <laughs> so uh, so after this movie came out and everything, I actually got into this uh, kind of deep dive into DID people, and there's okay. like a lot of the great YouTube channels of, sure, about sure. DID. Right. And and here's the thing: uh, one of one of the uh, one of the things, one of the traits that come in with DID. Uh, does involve the whole change of accent things, change of personality. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it does. But not, but also not all the time does it mean that they're going to be genuine accents. Uh, so okay. like it could actually be a trait of JV. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, because in the end, sometimes it is limited to what the person knows. Sure. Or what yeah. what they grew up with. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, what it's, they grew it, up it, with see, at the no, moment that, that they layers to it. Yeah. That makes sense, but that I guess I guess I guess you're right. Maybe if you get into the deep type of the psychological things, that's fine. But it it Which just feels James to me McAvoy like, actually did before the movie. But like a lot of them, a lot of them are are very genuine and believable. And then maybe that's the point, right? You know what? My bad. You know what? It's probably because you guys haven't watched Glass, where you see a lot more of his personality than. Well, you know, here here's, here's why. the one thing I will say, and I think it does. D, uh, no, I don't, how do you phrase it? But it does take away from the Bostonian accent is when Kevin does it because you feel like Kevin should be the most yeah. real, genuine. Yeah. Okay, this is him. where we get into the acting perspective. You know how hard it is in one minute to change to three to four? Hold on. No, I we understand how hard it is, but that's the point. I don't. I like insulting him. No, you want to take this ride as a director. The technical wise of this is insanity, man. As a director, you're going to take a ride with an actor who you know can deliver each thing successfully, right? And that's that, why I wanted to answer this guy's question with that. To piggy, piggyback of what the law was saying, if the Boston, the Bostonian accent was just with Kevin, I would have been fine. I'd have been, all right, 
We're I feel you in that. I feel you in that for sure. It grounds it. It grounds the accent. It grounds but he's part of Kevin. The every man. Yeah. No, I understand. Like Yoko it's Ke- Kevin needs does. to be the most genuine one. Yeah. He need. You have to trust Kevin the most. Everybody yeah. has to trust Kevin the most, right? So to have him being the working man, the every man, that's what the Bostonian accent does. But for you to try to, you know, and, and the, Yoko, your explanation is very insightful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's, I like it. I was, yeah, it's very insightful. I feel a backhand here somewhere. <laughs> no, no, if you take a deep dive, studying all that, then that makes sense. But what, the film wasn't wasn't supposed to, you know what I mean? The film, it's not supposed to make you do that necessarily. Like, a okay. film is supposed to be a film. It's not supposed to be. I come not- to argue that, with, especially with the psychiatrist, the way they, they do her research. Yes, the film is actually trying to get you to that. Okay. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna watch a documentary about DID. That's not the yeah, point. We'll put of- a <laughs> we'll put a pin on that, as some would say. But it's not supposed to make you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll it's- put a pin on. Dude, I hate now, all you guys right now. Ca- no, 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 Castro, no, Castro. I want you to Castro. Hold. No, Castro. I want you to definitely enlighten us on the acting perspective. I mean, it, it seems like an inter- insurmountable challenge, at least to me, to think of trying to very definely put yourself yeah. into b- different characters i feel like when that's you're in one the role way, yeah. and see swear, that's where the writing comes into play i swear dude when as i was watching this i swear i'm not bullshitting you and and t- i hope you take this as a good thing i think you could play this uh like i honestly know i honestly do think you could you could play this but when i saw james McAvoy's, but let me let me let me throw a question at you let me throw a question at you to give us that acting perspective how many fingers am i holding Says yeah, no, man, I couldn't do the heart with the <laughs> my finger. <laughs> it's a heart with one pinky signal. Um, one vein. Um, se supone, right? It's 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 it goes to, to it stands to reason that for a role like this, you're gonna fucking sweep award season. You're gonna sweep. You know what I mean? It stands to reason that yeah. this is a worthy road of fucking expand. Right? Why was it not nominated for anything? Cause it's M Night, and they, he, gets, he he doesn't get like the big freaking uh, studio Bruce superhero Willis Academy Award nominated actor. Don't give me that. It's not. Why wasn't it nominated? The thing is that one of the one of the because everybody's uh, still stuck with like Martin Scorsese with stuff. this one in Glass. Is that they? Well, I mean, it's a it's a good, in we'll go, we'll go, January. And usually, if you release a movie in January, um, that's part of it for it sure. Is, I agree. People forget the voters forget and they'll go go to to other movies. I feel and like many, ma- they weren't known rare because not really known so characters really good- too. This probably should have been. I I, I mean maybe they were questioning the success given his previous films, but this should have usually Knights a summer blockbuster guy. Uh, you know this should have probably been a summer picture or it should. But it's a- one of those films. That it, it's, there's always one or two every year where it's like, why didn't that one win? I think this no, is no, one of those I underrated ones. Was, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I remember that award year specifically because that was the year La La Land won. This is 2016. Exactly. I remember, I remember there being articles about like certain <laughs> snobs, and everybody was literally no no pun intended. Everybody was split with this performance, dude. Everybody. So I'm wondering why, as an actor, explain to me. I I need enlightenment. Why? Well, that's why I started. No, it's also it's the a, thing that maybe the company didn't campaign enough. To oh, really exactly. It's a nine nine uh, million budget. That, Those are political. Ooh, like, damn. I feel that. I feel that. Is that. The Oscars are political. Oh, absolutely. But those are <laughs> those are political things to focus on the political side of things. But we're talking about the acting. I don't care how political the Oscars are. When there's an undeniable tour de force of acting, it gets nominated, bro. Sometimes, so, yeah. I just feel like this is the type of script that's not, you know, it's not 
I'm not, I don't want to say worthy because it's worthy for me, but for like big studio heads, it's like, it, uh, Castro, I will say this. It did so many things. Well, I think, yeah, it that's what I want to, it really developed character. I don't yeah. think it did anything that was too cliche. This is, what I, this is what I loved about unique. the writing. Like, this is, my bad, my bad. This is what I loved about the writing with, with the, with the acting. Yeah. You have these characters having interactions with each other. So it's, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you got this guy trying to act with different personalities, but these personalities also have something going on inside their head. So for, for, for who that, said that about the playground, that's a is playground. That, is that show don't tell? I mean, look, we're in different times now. We're different, way different. Now, if you want to talk about political Oscars, Yoko, we're in political Oscars now. But I feel like then we still had kind of a setup, a little more freedom, right? Today, we have films like One Night in Miami nominated for Oscars, which was just people sitting in a room talking to each other. You know what I mean? So, with, and though it was a fantastic film, um, there's political reasons behind a lot of, a lot of that, right? So I, I want to know, I, I, I agree with you. I think James McAvoy is a good actor. I think he solidified himself as being an actor get, to get casted in roles, not popcorn shit. But I'm trying to, there's, there's something about his performance that just didn't, didn't crack it. Just something that just didn't crack the form. And I want to know what that is. I, I think it's an actor's playground. I think you're right. I think he showed his range, but. So let me ask you, is it a biased opinion? Cause it wasn't, or you don't think it was a good one. I don't, I, I kind of agree, dude. I, I don't think his performance deserved a nomination. I, and I'm trying I, to figure out why. Cause I'll actually, I'll blame the script. If, if, to, to be yeah to be completely honest because okay. i saw that the parts where it was the child the parts yeah. when it was dennis uh the part when it was even like that art designer guy who was like did fashion and uh the the ones where he's imagining himself as like a female character right. those all seemed very distinct and i have very strong but yeah. there were a few that kind of blended themselves and i think even like the computer yeah, scene fair. jesus guys it, it's a hard Technical wise, it's hard, guys. I guess that's where I'm coming from. That's where I'm coming from. Seeing all the technical, huh? We're defending the actor here. That's what I was saying. Like, look, I was gonna say that I'm. I would honestly blame it. I had a studio exec recently uh, talk to me about one of my films, and he's, you know, he's up there. He's up there. Right. Uh, right. Works for HBO Max and stuff, and and he he saw one of my films, and he said, "Hey, look, the acting." The acting, you have to be smart about who you cast because if the acting is is good, but it's not great, they're not they're not blaming the actor, they're blaming the director. You Ooh. know, so because the director gets to judge the yeah, performance, that's... the director gets to ju- you know, and it's true yeah. that that's a big thing for me, right? So, so I couldn't argue with him. I couldn't be like fuck you, like it was you know because it's true. If the yeah. acting isn't isn't really highlighted, you're not blaming the actor. The actor's following the director. I yeah. will say this. If Joaquin was casted in this, he wasn't going to fucking listen to the director. He was going to do his own thing. He was going to make his own choices. But I, I do have a feeling it that been a Knight, different movie for sure. It would have been a different movie. But I think Knight, maybe, maybe told James, maybe he told, you know, McAvoy, like, hey, man, this is how you're going to approach this particular identity. This is how you're going to approach this particular identity. It could have been Knight's fault, dude. I'm just yeah, saying. Honestly, because I feel like there, I, I feel what you guys are at. Yeah. Yeah, because definitely I feel like there were characters that were really strong. The kid character, how different that was from everybody else. And that I mean, awkward what kiss. What ra- oh, yeah. yeah. What That's range it. that shows. I think you're you pregnant know? now. <laughs> I think you're pregnant. I, I'm oh God, Ash is pre- Let me put anyway. it this way. Let me put it this way. Yeah, I like, feel like no no no. That's why I started. That's why I started. The script has a lot of holes. Yeah. No, 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 no. But but it's not even that. Correct no, me if I'm wrong here. Acting. Correct me if I'm wrong here. 
Correct me if I'm wrong here. And I know there's more weight to James McAvoy's character. I know that it's harder on an actor to, to die. I know I'm, I'm coming from. I'm aware. I'm aware. But let me ask you this. Not that it happened, by the way, but between Anya Taylor-Joy and James, I think Anya would have been up for the Oscar. Dude. Oh, get out of here. What the hell are you guys on? Uh, I no, I, I'm, both, to tell the truth. On a okay, performance okay. okay. Just now, a, I'm not even getting okay, into that. Now, now, okay, now I want uh, Castro, not... not I feel I'm like we're throwing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're I'm just throwing rocks. Right. No, no, no. You're not, you're not struggling because we we all agree this is a yeah. really good film and, and a good like, performance. Was, performance. Uh, now, now, break it down because I honestly want to hear more of like I I already know it's challenging, but maybe the technical. Like, like why do you feel like this is hard for an actor? Why you you do like fifty films? What's <laughs> the difference between that, doing fifty films? I, I would think it's pretty self-explanatory, but I guess it's a little bit me being. An act. Exactly. It's not, it's not to me. And by, and by the way, by the way, by the way, before, before you even answer your thing, I know political reasons stand to be, I know budget reasons stand to be. They only had, I heard in an interview today, Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy said they, they had 10 days of rehearsal. That's it. 10 days. 10 days of rehearsal before they start shooting. So wait, how much? So that was starting with that for sure. But, wait, that's like getting the script and then shooting? No, no, no. That's like you get two weeks before we roll cameras to go rehearse with your, you know, like do the steps and all that to discover your character. Blocking kind of, yeah. No, but I think, I think, look, I think, I think James, with the minute he got the script, started developing maybe how he was going to do things. Mm -hmm. But do you need more rehearsal for something like this? Oh my god, you guys are killing the actors perspective in this one no 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 no, 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 no. go ahead please, please i just please, wanted to point please. that out that they didn't have a lot of rehearsal time so yeah. exactly so that's one of the things that kind of i guess but you need act you need a practice all the time but okay the thing about an actor is when you got one character that you're supposed to get into the emotions right you're supposed to have five different things even if it's not written in the script right just so you could get right. into this guy's character sure. a perfect example is this when he has that interview with the with the psychologist where he starts off as barry and then comes out to be dennis Oscars, man, I'm also thinking of the 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 glassy dude where it's five. <laughs> you can break you can break down however you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Acting, acting. We're okay, well the glass scene. I wish we could put it up, but he starts off as I think Hedwig. And then that's where I wanted to ask you guys, what did you guys think about the name saying it three wait, times? Wait, we have a scene, we have a scene in this film where he switches between four or five personalities in the, the, the mirror scene. One. No, the no, mirror no, scene. yeah, at the end. No, no, but I'm talking about when. He's trying when she says his name, uh, his real name, when he says Kevin or whatever, the, the full name. And, and they're breaking the room, into different and, ones. Yeah, he's breaking into. So those are snippets. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, or, yeah. But I guess the, the, the better one is the one with the psychologist. You guys have watched this one, the split one. Yeah. The way he changes from Barry, this, this very sensual, you know, how, you know, I like the painting and all that to the psychologist little by little trying to get you're not you're not Barry to that okay, sudden yeah, yeah. even even that score too. Let's lay it on the ground. The on the ground. It's, it's Barry turning into Dennis and Dennis playing Barry. So it's Dennis playing Barry. Exactly. Like yeah. so many, it's like an onion, you know, <laughs> so many layers to it. And technique wise, as an actor, you have one good shot before, oh, you know what? We got to change the lighting. We got, it's like, dude, I have to get these three characters. So the Ooh, technical wise, it's insanity. Let me, let me throw this it's monkey wrench into that. Knight was saying that he was trying to defend the, the three main actors, right? He was trying to defend Anya Taylor-Joy, James McAvoy, and the, the old lady. Um, I forgot her name. Um, and he was, try- he was basically saying, out like, he's like, these actors don't do it, but I do have actors on the set where get obsessed with this front. Like, if I tell them, okay, let's shoot this thing. We're going to, you know, this is a scene. We're shooting, 
And the first take, they do this this finger pointing, like, we are united, right? Right. And then I, I yell, he says, I yell cut right away when I see stuff like that. And everybody's looking at him like, what the fuck? Why do you, why? He's like, because now they're upset. Now the next 10 takes, they're going to try to be obsessed. They're, they're not in the room. They're obsessed with getting the right finger pointing because that worked for the first take. Okay. Like, so on the acting front, I discourage that on my sets, like that they obsess over the one thing that they think is going to work instead of being present in the room with their fellow actors, with the, you know, with the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that, that comes with the fine line of continue. Uh, how do you call it? Continu- continuity. Continuity. Yeah. No, but, but that it has to stay with you in your mind. Even if it's just one decision that you said, like that decision, but that's, that's a setup thing. That's not an acting. That's i I'm going to have three different setups. So for these three different setups from director to actor, this is what you have to do consistently. And by the way, Castro, we were talking about in the editing, how you were very consistent for, for continuity. So well, yeah, we'll, we'll, with more, yeah. for the for the door stuff i like me being a double for you worked because you were consistent in every take yeah so we're you're good at that by the way I it, just it wanna... comes with practice you know with errors uh, and stuff you guys so don't i'm just throwing that monkey wrench in there because i think maybe maybe that was the issue maybe when you're when you have so many different personalities and you have their subtleties and you have their their mm-hmm. costumes right you have to be consistent with them Exactly. In order for the audience to identify who this character is, it's All tough. Those, for sure. It's tough for sure. But I will say this and correct me. I know. Well, give me your guys' perspective. I feel like the stuff that stood out for the character, you know, of what's his name? Kevin, his full name, Kevin Wendell Crumb. What did you guys think of that? What did you guys think of that? Kind of like the Beetlejuice thing. With- <laughs> it's yeah, cool because think about it this tough. way Kendall Wendell Crumb sounds like a villain name. And then her name, Casey Cook, sounds like a superhero name. Yeah. Casey think Cook. about Clark Kent. Think about Peter Parker, the two CCs, the two PP. Yeah. So, like, all of that That's superhero cool. villain. It's very smart. But anyways, everything that stood out to me about Ken, Kevin Wendell Crumb were, for instance, I, I obsessed over the fact that he uses, uh, not him specifically, I think it was Barry, uses the, the cloth, right, to open the door, to... Picture. Oh yeah, because he's the Dennis. He's the very strict, OCD, very OCD yeah. thing, right? Um, or it was Dennis. Okay, so I I obsessed over the fact of like, is Dennis doing that? I obsessed over a lot of things in in character traits. That's why I think character traits were more impactful to me than the performance was, and that and that's why I I want to. I feel you. Okay, you know, the character traits. It, no? What's up? It could be part of it, depending on. Ah. Uh, I mean, it's it's a story thing, right? I feel like the character traits are like purposely there because the director is saying, make sure that make sure that the cloth is yellow. You know what I mean? Make sure yeah, that that's that's right gonna that's gonna cloth. leave enough crumbs that then it can develop further, right? Yeah. So I think I think the character traits of that I obsessed with it because I thought, okay, this OCD guy he doesn't want to be exposed to germs, and this was pre-COVID because because if one of them gets sick, they all get sick. Or maybe they don't. Okay. Just one personality gets sick. And what if he's exposed to a certain type of germ that's going to kill one personality, but it's the body that they all inhabit. So I obsessed over like, why, okay. why the OCD of not using, you know, of not being exposed to germs. Yeah, it's and protective. The, do you think, do you think it was that 
in that, that deeper. It was just one of those. I, 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 just want to read, I didn't read it, any confirmation. Those are my, my things. It um, can be. And the justification would be that Dennis is supposed to be like the most protective one. Like he's, he, he controls everybody, but he's, one. he's protecting them by like, Dude, not it could also, or even it, being it, clean, it could, like the clean freak. Yeah. It could, it could also be the fact that we do see a scene where Kevin's mom was a fucking like, you made a mess. You know, and, we do get to see that in Split. Yes, we yeah. did see that in Split. Oh, because there's a that's a good one on Glass. On oh, okay, no, there's a scene in Split where like you made like a mess, Kevin Wendell Crumb. You made yeah. a mess. That's the trigger scene that that kicks off his flashback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when she says his full name, so it could be just that that he has to be a neat freak because mommy's gonna get mad at him. And that's pretty good. Yeah, it yeah. could be a ton of things, but there's that's one thing. The other thing was why 23. I kept asking myself why 23. And I thought about DNA and I thought about 23 chromosomes or 23. God damn you, Carlos, you nerd. So, and this is not confirmed, by the way. I no, 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 but it's good. good. I, I mean, I couldn't find it. Jim Carrey's number 23. You don't think somebody's oh, director yeah. sometimes didn't intend to do that? But. Um, so I obsessed over those, like, okay, 23. And I thought Cassandra just recently did the 23 and me thing. Um, so that was like, I thought Michael Jordan right away. Oh, so I, I was like 23, 23. Okay. There's 23 in terms of DNA and, and all of them have to make up the fiber of wow, a DNA. That's freaking so, crazy. But there's oh. no confirmation. And that was kind of broken with the fact that there's a 24th personality. No, with- but then also that that's what makes them superhuman. Like the 24th. Ah, one the the yeah. So that, so if you think about that, you know, it's like the Spider-Man <laughs> DNA. Yeah, the DNA. Dramaverse, you know? <laughs> it could be that. It could be, again, these are all just character traits that I thought about why. And, and, and to be honest, Castro, I'm not saying I know how hard it is, dude. I promise you. I, you and I, director, actor, trust me. I get it, bro. For sure. Like, for sure. But the character traits, the the set design, like there was a scene, and I this this I read about. I didn't pick it out of the lineup, but there's a scene in the therapist where he's going up the stairs, and there's a window with stained glass. And if you pause it, and I went back after I read oh, it. Oh no, wait, does it clean it? it? No, no, no. If you if you pause it, there's 23 pieces of the stained glass. Okay. You know, okay. so like yeah, okay, yeah, I like those. Again, set design, character traits, that stood out to me more than the performance did this time around. The first time I watched it, it was like, holy shit, James McAvoy's a good actor. This time around, I paid attention more to like these character traits and why the yellow, yellow handkerchief and why does he walk through the trash and not around it like they were saying the film. Yeah, and, I love that. You know, so I paid attention to that stuff and it wasn't the performance that solidified that stuff for me. So, okay, I didn't see for that. But yeah, that does include for sure. And, also, that uh, as far as like little like background things, I love the one when uh, he's uh, the little kid. Um, what is it? Uh, Hedwig, right? Hedwig. Hedwig. And it's, um, it's a, like a tight shot of Hedwig. And in the background, it, it's blurred out because Boca and all that. But um, you can see just a bunch of pictures of like uh, boobs. And it's, yeah. it's coming right off of the scene of like the therapist talking about it. But I mean, for it being something that the therapist describes as a trait that I think like one of the other personalities has, one of the other personalities is doing this. But then Hedwig has that in his room. It's it's this subtle kind of like directorial uh, like foreshadowing of the fact that he's more connected to the heads than anybody else. Yeah. He has the power to a certain degree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact the the window thing too, I'm telling you set design really has a lot. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, like I didn't know, especially even the second time around that they were in a zoo until I started, you start picking up on it. Right. Like, yeah. Well, that's just fault on you. You got to read Hedwig. Hedwig has pictures of animals 
on the in his room. Yeah, he had the the mice in his room yeah. also. And he had well, no, no, yeah, he has the gerbils or whatever, right? But no, no, the like mice. there's drawn pic or mice. Okay, they're drawn yeah. pictures. You drawn can tell they're mice because of the way that they're running in the wheel. Oh, I got a mice guy over here. Okay, oh, we got a mice guy over here. Look at this. <laughs> Dude, do you want to do this? For the- they like to hunt in pairs. Uh, anyway, hunting, we make money. <laughs> but no, there's, like- there's pictures of like tigers, of like uh, pandas, bears, and they have yeah. names on them. Wow. Right, they have names, and so like when you're at a zoo, they have fucking names for the animals, like little stuff like that, dude. That See, those I are territorial traits. Those are territorial traits. That's what I'm saying. Like M Night came back as a director for shit like that. You know, I yeah. see. I see what you guys are talking about. I get it. I just, paid attention I, to that. <clears throat> just, just coming from my perspective, the technical wise, right? It's like you said, they only had ten days to rehearse, yeah. and yeah. if you like, you know, when you're on set as an actor. Sometimes certain scenes that you wish you had more time. Hey, we got three more, three, three shots for this one. And you never an, actor, an actor spends more time waiting on set than he does performing. And that's yeah. true. You know where I heard that from? From Will Smith and Independence Day. For some reason, that popped into my mind. Really? Mouth. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no, true. No. It's true. You get a finite amount of time to perform. To exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, it's true. And I think, Castro, like, if you were in this role, I feel like you would have really felt that to do this well you want enough time thinking about each of those characters so that way they come out distinct defined i mean do whatever you can in your process so that way they they really come out you know exactly in 10 days you know for like as many characters it's just like i also appreciated the use of of certain practical and special effects in this that i didn't expect uh it's kind of that thing like when you become a filmmaker and you become you watch enough movies you already know how they do something so you stop questioning it and okay. it's, fun to, it's fun to be a kid again and be like, how did they do that? You know, that's um, what I'm doing so with like, the acting in this one. So, yeah. so like when James, Mac, when when the horde comes into play, right, and we see all the veins and we see the muscles, uh, you know, I thought like, huh, that's an interesting use yeah. of, of either CG uh, or a, a blend of CG and practical. He, he, he got a little buff. He got a little buff. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I love it. It helps. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Makeup makeup and and the the use of like colorization of the veins and like all that so i was like oh okay like how how did they do that i want to i want to he's pretty short too he's like by the way um a cool kind of makeup effect that i've heard people use and it got started from uh dr jekyll and mr hyde i forget if it was like the 1930s version or so or um or probably later maybe 50s uh but basically what they did is that because everything was in black and white right. they could they uh put like green paint or yellow paint on the actor and oh. then when they would go from yellow light to green light well yellow everything blends in together but then you shift it to green and it's super contrasty and would make him look like pale and um basically like like completely change the way he looked mm-hmm. um it's something that still practically you can do here yeah. because the colors can, can go and yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. well, Fight me. Uh, I'm going to say it anyway. Shoot. Go for it. Uh, go for it. Uh, kind of, uh, just to kind of like uh, jump on your train right there. Go yeah, for it, jump go. on uh, it. Actually, uh, well, uh, if people here don't know, uh, jump harder. The first one. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I do the thumbnails for the YouTube uh, right, right, yeah. show. Right. And when I've done the, the monochrome ones, like Casablanca, Mank, and stuff like that, Beautiful. actually what I do is that I actually paint segments in different colors, like oh. red, green, red. And then I'll, I'll put in the, mono, the the monochrome filter to it. Mm-hmm. And depending on how it is, I get different shades and everything out of it. Yeah. 
So you like that's me. exactly what I do. That, no, that's cool. Yeah, a little insider yeah, right it's, there. It's, I mean, the, these practical, I mean, think about it, man, nine, $9 million budget. You have to know how to use your money for shit. Right. So sure. I think the practical side of things, again, it just impressed me like, okay, the use of practical and the use of CG and minimal areas just to enhance the practical. That's uh, true. I love it, man. I love it. I, yeah. I think he did something really special. Um, final thoughts guys. Cause we got, you know, which is about getting. And with these final thoughts, and with these final thoughts, I want to, I want you guys to start ranking this one. What would you give it? 9.5 and that might swim. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Just like give me like a rank because me, a wank out of 10, out of 10. How many? How many would you me, give? I'll start this off. Me, I would have given it obviously a 10, but okay. I didn't like the ending. I wish you would have gotten a little bit more. more you wish it stayed realistic, a stand standalone more. Yeah, I, I wish it would have been a standalone movie for sure. That's, 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 that's natural. Okay, so I would give it probably like a 9.6 because man, that ending, like I liked it. I love the ending. It's just. I thought it was going to go a different way, and I wish it would. By the way, can we all agree that let's consider the ending before the post-credit scene? Or not post-credit scene, right? Before the Bruce Willis scene. Like, before the, yeah. The ending yeah. is her at the zoo in the cop car. Your uncle's here. That's the ending. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. that was such a good ending. If they had stopped it there, it would have been like, oh, my God. Exactly. How was she going to say, like, that's then, the ending. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. Yoko. I'm sorry, Yoko. We, 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 didn't even, we didn't even get to talk about that, but I mean... Break into that into my final thoughts, but yeah, I know. But thoughts. what a punchy ending! Just like I mean, you know, like oh, your uncle's yeah. here, and after everything you see her mentally go through and and yeah. kind of reliving that experience. Uh, anyway, yeah. oh yeah, it's we weird, missed weird, that. Weird, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so rank, rank. Uh, who's starting? Well, I'm sorry, but go for it. Sure. You're already in it, and then Yoko. Oh God. Um, well, my final thoughts for this one is I loved it. Obviously, the performance. I wish this is my dream role for sure. Dream role of, I mean, twenty. It's it's because on glass you see more of his personality, so you get more mm. of his feel. Like he's got way more range than. I I love the type of character. If, if you don't if you don't know this by now, if you're listening, Castro is like my go-to guy when it comes to acting, right? And I put Castro in roles he doesn't want to be in, but he's nah, a nah, nah, actor. Nah, I like the challenge. But Castro has come to me previously and various times and said like. Dude, I gotta play the villain, man. Just give me the villain role for once. Oh, most people, most people, most actors want that juicy villain role. Um, so I, again, I commend that because Castro. If I tell him, "Hey, play this for me," he's gonna say yes, and that's what I love about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He's my go-to guy. But um, but I think it's interesting to know that you love this and this is your dream role, and you want to expand on that villainy kind of. You know, you're, you you want to understand. That muscle. Yeah. You gotta exercise that muscle for sure. For sure. Exactly. Anyways, I'll. Go for the Anywho, um, okay, on a on a ten scale, God, hit it, give it to me, give it to me. It's an eight point four, eight point four. Okay, it's not bad. I, not I bad. feel I feel like it's higher because it's taking all these different genres and blending it together really well. I think it's something that's unique because as much as I tried to really place my thumb on it and say this is this is what they're doing, this is what they copied from other things because I think now we're at the point where we're seeing where they took inspiration from. This right. one did a yeah. lot in its power to keep you off your step, so you always thought like, wow, that's 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 different, that's cool. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I think. There were certain parts that if they were just a little bit more ironed out, who knows if it's a little bit more budget, uh, playing watch, with the character a little bit. Watch no, back. I think... Go for it. Okay, but but at least <laughs> with this one, standalone, if they had yeah. ironed it out a little bit more, uh, like the guys were saying, I think maybe this could have had Oscar potential. This could have had more potential and it stopped a little short. It's so close, but 
it's still really strong and it's still really unique. And yeah, 8.4 is like going to be my, my firm guess on it. Yeah. That's all it. 8.4. I'll take it. Yoko. Yoko Moto. Give it to me straight, man. In my case. Uh, so you got to say your ring first. The the movie in itself, it's. (laughs) Damn. I like over here. Around around the same place, like right around 8.5. Tell the truth. Uh, I I really like, like, I always enjoy watching this movie. I, I remember it fondly. And one of the but <laughs> you put that stinger in there, and that stinger makes it a nine for me. Ooh, okay, that's a little bit better. Like you, that's an eight. That, you can't imagine how nerd out I was with that, and I still like I still have it here. Wow, like, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Okay, and uh, but yeah, it's I just have issues mostly with the dialogue wise. Mm. Um, Not too much, yeah. but uh, but apart from that, like this, I get the story. I love it. The acting, I love it. And the beginning, the beginning scene, the the kidnap scene, I love yeah. it. Exactly right. It sets you right into it. So, what was the ranking? Nine. Eight point five to nine. Eight point five to nine. Okay, it's better than a B minus over here with the log gangster over here. <laughs> but okay, Carlos. You really don't want to hear mine. The nerd. Okay, Carlos, you have to be aggressive on your ranking only because yeah. you're also you're the cinema part of this man. Like you can't tell me like oh. Cinema Paradiso, it's okay. Yeah, 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 come on. No, okay, so 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 from from I the from the, the critic uh, choice awards most viewed of the Criterion list, man that you are. If it makes you feel any better, Castro, this film was nominated for an MTV <laughs> Wow, that's sad, dude. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best for kiss. It was that Moon Man, best kiss and best that music video. Man. <laughs> okay, listen again. My 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 palate's not more developed than anybody because no, from, it's just from, it's pretentious. From these guys, yeah, it's pretentious. From these guys, like we all have a very specific palate to what we like, and that's how cinema should be. Um, <clears throat> I I I preface that by saying that, but I think I say with I, your chest, man. Say it with your chest. Say <laughs> I honestly, as it stands, I'd give this film. Whoever has masturbate seven. I, I was gonna say six point nine to seven. Oh, like that's what I thought was like, he was gonna go. <laughs> I, I already could feel it. I was already like, this guy I mean, is like. Yeah, I give it a seven, man. I give it a fair seven. I think. I think I give it a. Fair you seven. better elaborate and, and and just. Are we gonna do this to every film? By the way, is that is that the new? I thing? guess from now like, on. Yeah, I guess okay. so. Wes Anderson <laughs> ten. Everything else is like. A, <laughs> um, wow, wow, you went really right. low. Yeah, I, I I'm going at a seven, and let me tell you why. First of all, and I, you're right, Dala, we didn't elaborate because I wanted to elaborate more on directing than, than you know, visually directing than, than this. But if 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 Anya Taylor-Joy's arc didn't exist, I would have been utterly unimpressed and uninterested in this film. Most obviously. You know, if her arc didn't exist, the whole, the flashback. It would have just felt like a thriller. Like a, it would have just felt like a thriller. And, and yeah, the interesting thing about all of that is that it's not even because, oh, she because, you know, that her, her struggles will become her strength. It's not that kind of fluffy shit that we talk. It's, it's the fact that it gives us the ability to have a broken character, a really broken character. Uh, and that's what becomes, that's what makes her the hero almost. That's what makes her, that's what gives her the ability. Because the, the theme we didn't explore in this whole film that's very, very keen and very, very in your face about it is purity. 
Yeah, that's because you know that's the that's kind of one of the big themes about uh about Kevin's character, and I say Kevin, the, the Horde's character. The Horde, yeah, the big wanting to feast on pure, you know, wanting to get it like the, the rest of the characters almost giving them as an offering, a pure offering to the horde, right? And then so he can feast on it and and become bigger and evolve as a bigger human being and you know, uh, um, dog eat dog type of shit. Like if you're a human and you're not an evolved human, then you're just a human that's going to get eaten. And and there's again, purity, right? So the fact that he looks at her and that end thing that, that he says to her, uh, you're broken and you know, this sees her scars. And, um, I just think that that, that arc to me is, is more important than anything. First of all. So I just want to say that if, if that arc didn't exist, I would have been uninterested. I would have been, you know, exactly what I expected. Bro, like, even with the performance? <laughs> Wait, the second thing is that that gives me that that score. Dude, they should, it could have been lower. Be grateful. Whoa. Be lower. Hey, now those are fighting words, dude. Bro, give me a second. Give me a second. It could have been lower. But the, the, the reason I say it's it to pick back up with the Lao said about, Got that about neck thing John, again, genre You guys know that, like, I love to see the evolution of, of genre and how how a 1960s Hitchcock thriller is like the standard for cinema, for classic cinema. Yo, but we're in now, 2021, but, bro. But how it has evolved into, into a popcorn theme ride shit, right? So for this film, that's why I give this film high regard because for him to be able to get genre and be inspired by Hitchcock flicks mm-hmm. and modernize it and then not become like a fucking Taken or it not become like a fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, you know, his own Liam Liam Neeson. So yeah, Liam Neeson. So if it, it, for it to become its own thing, and and almost like save the genre for film lovers, you know, um, that's big, man. That's big because it's kind of like horror. Like I, I have this discussion with Eric Sanchez all the time. From two thousand five to two thousand fifteen, I didn't care about horror flicks, dude, because it was the same shit over and over again. I think you stopped believing in that. And I, and I think Thriller... Died with you, bro. I think Thriller... Yeah. I know now I did. That's true. That's true. I think now thrillers were starting to get into that headspace for me. Like, oh, it's just another fucking Disturbia. Or it's just I another, feel you. And, and Knight decided to kind of revamp it in yeah. a very unique cinematic way. So okay. that's why it gets a seven, man. It gets it gets a seven for those reasons. But a there's... C, man. A, a C gets you to... Passes you, dude. There's ton of inconsistent stuff. I don't want to talk about all the bad stuff because that's not the point. But there's just inconsistencies with, um, with the characters that I felt are the most important thing, especially for this picture, for this story. It's it's Kevin is the most. It has to be the most consistently good thing, and it's not. You know. That's why there's a trilogy. You're supposed to watch them. And yeah, you're right. Uh, I need to watch the full effect. But anyways. Uh, yeah, man, I, 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 I was impressed. I was happy with the result because, again, I went into this like dreading it. I didn't want to watch it. I was kind of like, eh, with a good reason, Castro. You know, yeah, it's like you already seen that movie. Uh, okay, yeah, I want to get into I, that mindset again. Kinda, there's no point for me to revisit it unless I really feel like watching it or something. Um, right, right, right. I feel you on that point. Mind you, I just got off watching like Police Story, you know, and, and I went into Police Story Absolutely. thinking like, ah, why is it Criterion? And then I'm like, holy shit, this is why it's Criterion. That's pretty good. Okay. Um, watch it, by the way. You guys should watch Police Story. But Police Story. Um, so I, I got off that and got into this. So um, I just I just admire how much how much Knight has really proved his ground yeah. and how much he stands as a, as a good cinematic storyteller. I mean, look, let me put it to you this way, dude. Knight's 
Knight's not fucking um gosh, what's his name? The Transformer guy. Um, Michael Bay? Michael Bay? Michael yeah, Bay. Knight's not Michael Bay. Knight's, no, he, he doesn't want to be Knight's, Knight's significant steps above that. Okay. I mean, so um, I think as a chameleon, it's very impressive, man. Like for people to call him like the next Spielberg and then that's next Hitchcock, especially early in his career. I could see why. And and I can see that he's still like, he hasn't given up, man. Like he's still trying to yeah, be yeah, a good yeah. cinematic storyteller. So well, what you, what you call him on a tour? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So he, he's you, got his you, own you, thing. You see, you see development definitely throughout like, you know, his exactly. career, the film. And what's more, uh, he's passing the torch dude. His daughter's a director now. Oh, uh, that, that new show that you saw. you doing? called uh the the new show he's producing what the fuck is it called servant the servant the servant his his daughter like directed most of the episodes or some shit damn look yeah and she's like supposed to be like this really good director now so he's passing the torch man and and i i hope he's showing Has, like uh, the new and night movie come out the one of uh, they're on the beach and they're getting old and they're young people oh no. no with uh guy garcia yeah guy fieri yeah dude <laughs> i i sent it to uh, this guy in the super bowl and i was like Come on, that's M Night all day. I, think I told you, right? I think I told you guys were like, "Oh, this looks different, M Night. This is interesting. Like, I, I'd be interested in watching this." Um, and by the way, it's 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 one of the one of the ones on the list. They released a list of fifteen or twenty five films to look out for for the next Oscars, twenty twenty two. So they're already talking about like the the new Leo picture with uh, Jennifer Aniston, the star studded or Jennifer Lawrence. Sorry, the star studded fucking comedy that's supposed to come out. Uh, they're talking about this. They're obviously talking about Wes Anderson's picture. They're talking about be. Dune. They're talking so so yeah. That M Nights is one of the ones that they're like, ah, oh, look out! It might you know it might surprise you. So All right. okay, okay. I, I think we've He's given our opinions. Up. Yeah, my bad. We went way into it, dude. It's about hey, that time. That's what this podcast is for, man. Ooh, everybody's favorite segment: Yokomoto stepping up to the plate. about that time i see okay well welcome to the tower crown yep hi Rachel, where we just debate anything we want to debate about that's right uh, i'm still i'm still trying out different slogans so just let me know which one <laughs> oh, man play with it. apples play with and it. bananas we'll find out here yeah, we all like mango <laughs> so for the for this debate show uh we I thought, well, let's get into the whole uh, split personality disorder. Oh, okay. So let's go explore those movies. Right. And so I put up a poll up on Facebook, which included movies like. What's the number one? What's the first? Me, myself, and Irene. Oh, dude, I, no, no way. <laughs> ah, Tim Carroll. Talking about split. That's interesting. Psycho, of course. Of course. Hide and seek. Uh, li- little little fact about this. Uh, this was my first makeout movie. Oh, hey. dude, I remember that. See, those uh, are good I'm sorry to hear about that. I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm sorry to hear. And Fight Club. Oh, I feel like sorry for all the spoilers of all these movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ahead of time, man. Okay, so, so you all decided. And, and this is the what win. it came up. Psycho against Fight Club. Oh, Fight Club all day, all night. You don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> so then what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Come out. Get your mouth. Right. 
So um, for here, I'm guessing uh, Michael that I was going to be the moderator. For this, I right? am moderating, ladies and all right, ladies. And <laughs> Castro, you're doing Fight Club, if I'm correct. Bro, I mean, we'll gonna help. I, I, I'll go bam, for bam. it. Are you gonna? Okay, gonna you want to do Psycho? I'll go Fight Club. I, I love Fight Club. Fight Club. Okay. Well, Carlos de la Torre, I know, I know you want to do Psycho. You'd have to be go mad, damn it! You have to go mad to do Psycho. Unpopular oh, opinion. You want I'll, to do Fight Club. I'll, I'll do Psycho. I'll do Psycho. Um, unpo- oh, shit, that's hard, man. Between these two, let me let me explain yeah, why. Honestly, un- un- unpopular favorite. opinion. Psycho is one of my least favorite Alfred Hitchcock films. So you're one of mine. <laughs> so, so I I don't know, Yoko. Do you got enough Psycho in you? You want me to you want me to take it over? Uh, you know what? I'll give you this one. I'll give you this one. All right, I'll do Psycho, especially because. Like you're already on your Hitchcock train. That's true. For off the last episode, that's a good yeah. point. All right, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about got, it. Let, me, got... let me start. Let me start with Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. You start. All you right. kick it out. What? What? Delo? What's up? Oh no, I was gonna Just say punch. I got uh, kicked off the Tower Crown for losing too much anyway. So I'm gonna <laughs> moderate. We're gonna bench I you for a couple of. I'm benched. I got benched. I lost like a good four or five in the row, Delo. So yeah, but it's because you were you were. Going too hard, Carlos. You were just—we <laughs> had to put you down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, back at it, Fight Club. Fight Club. Anyway, Fight Club. Oh wait, wait. I should—I should preface this. Um. Okay, I guess the first question, obviously, is going to be which is the better film, and then I'll—I'll I'll come in with the second question. So yeah. Austin, there's your intro, dude. How many times between me and the Lao <clears throat> and Yoko? <clears throat> how many times do we say I should preface this? I should <laughs> there's preface your intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the pretentious bastards we are look at that anyway sorry go ahead, oh. go ahead. well should... yeah, oh, yeah go, for go for it go for it go for it now i was just gonna say uh i'm ready you, you ready the law yes i'm not <laughs> <laughs> look man the fight club it's on uh david fincher i remember when i first saw it, when it in 1999 dude i remember when i first watched it i had no idea what was going on mm. i remember yeah, my yeah, seeing my mom and my dad's reaction they were like it's got a split personality. What, what the hell was that about? So I think this one was a little bit ahead of its game. I guess in this type of genre, I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's one of Brad Pitt's best performances. Like obviously uh-huh. we get a couple of different ones, but this one's kind of like I wouldn't say peak because he had a lot of peaks. Sure. But Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are a good duel for this one. Like it's a perfect combination. Hey man, I'm I'm trying to reach here, man. It's it's one of the like you can imagine Brad Pitt being a personality from Edward Norton. Exactly right. I mean, you can. This is what it's all about. Like, it's the cool part of Edward Norton, right? He's the cool. I I will say it's one of the three films I actually enjoy at Edward Norton. And I I I I know he's I know he's a good actor, dude. But I I think he's kind of overhyped, dude. Yeah, that's like which ones are the three? It's American Uh, History X, American History X, Birdman, and Fight Club. Yeah, and a, a notable mention, Rounders. Uh, it's a, and any Wes Anderson, Anderson film. For sure. Any, any Wes Anderson film. And I, I, he's really good at, as Bruce Banner as well. Uh, compared to like Bruce Banner. I heard of Ruffalo. There's no, nobody beats Ruffalo out, brother. That's just Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to say. It's, no, I'm, trying to, I, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching here, man. I'm you got reaching. stuck on the Ruffalo, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's the thing the style in this movie is amazing that's what i was gonna say like the vibe this is how we start getting the vibe this is the of, culmination of the 90s right here a fincher for sure dude like he perfects this type of vibe of like gloomy dark 
Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. This felt like a this felt like a really good uh, an example of a, uh, I guess like graphic novel type of approach to to storytelling. I would not know how uh, you guys know more. I, I mean, that. think about like a graphic novel okay. that's not your typical superhero comic book, like Mouse or like Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Like it kind of felt like Fight Club was in that same kind of uh, transitional style, and like it kind uh, I, I can see what you're saying. Like a I, dark, I like if Frank saying. Miller wrote Fight Club, like that's what. Fuck okay, is. yeah. You know, like I it, could definitely see like the sprites of them. As, yeah, as the page. I, I felt like that was the style to it when I first watched it. But anyways, and then also like. It's one of those films that you have to watch three or four times. We we're talking about that with uh with Carlos with Split, where you catch these little subtleties that the director either places there or not. I think this one does one of those beautifully. Like you go back, and you're like, oh, yeah. dude, he did kind of reach over like that, and he wasn't there. The punch or the you know exactly the punch or the guy that um he's what was that scene you you remember that scene where. He steals his wallet or something. And he's like, tomorrow he's going to be the best version of himself or something like that. Those are good scenes. You know what impacts me the most about Yeah, Fight he Club? just starts beating him up. Like, he goes, uh, mugs him. Mugs I don't him. Know. I like, I don't yeah. know what type of name is this? Thing. But the, mo- the thing that impacts me about Fight Club the most or the thing I remember the most, like, after seeing it so many times, yeah. for some reason, is the soap thing. What do you mean? The soap thing, the whole... I mean, it took me a couple of times, but I, 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 it was the, the bomb-making thing. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I get that that's kind of the underlying kind of motivating plot. Fuck yeah, like whatever. But I don't know. No, it, and that's not a bad thing. It's just like for some reason, when I think of Fight Club, I think of the soap and the factory and the pigs and the fucking process. Of- well, especially, uh, is it that it is kind of like the whole thing about that? That's one of the metaphors, also. Yeah, and I mean, and it's also the poster shot, right? You see the fucking yeah, on the bottom soap, you write Fight and Club. And the fact that he is a. Uh, a soap maker. Why it stands out so much to me that that I don't know why. When I remember Fight Club, I remember pig skin and soap. Like I don't know. Like it just throws me back <laughs> to that scene for some reason. But anyways, I'm sorry. Well, that's my first round. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I you know it's it, it it's tough. It's tough with with Fight Club. Um, my argument with Psycho is gonna be because I really enjoy Fight Club. I I, I, I just, like Fincher. My favorite French film, like I said, is a social network, but it's it's Fight Club's a, it's up there for sure, for sure. Uh, I like Fight Club better than Seven, if that tells you anything. I do. Yeah, but it's got the same vibe for sure. It's got that always at night type of feel type. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, without geeking out too much, that also is attributed to like the use of digital and being able to shoot at night without so much lighting. Mm, and then they just. Uh, you see in that that like in like collateral, like they're driving through the freeway and you know the night and the skylights and stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's a tribute to to shooting on digital versus film. And I like that stuff. That's something anyways, I want to incorporate. Um, the Viper camera was a big deal when shooting that type of stuff. Anyways, uh, Psycho, uh, my my, it's gonna be the same argument as last time, dude. I think it's set up. A Psycho is, is defined as a psychological horror thriller. Um, what I love about Psycho is that it's set up the genres. Um, if you're a horror fan, you love Psycho. If you're a thriller fan, you love Psycho. If you're, you know what I mean? Um, if you're a psychological thriller fan, you go back to Psycho and you go back to Norman Bates and you go back through his character development and his mom's. And um, and uh, what's fun about that is like, if you go to, by the way, if you're ever, if you're lucky enough to go to Universal Studios in Hollywood, you take the back lot tour. 
they take you to the Bates Motel and they take you to the house, the psycho house. We so like you could see that that's those are the actual sets where they shot um, the film and shit like that. So it's fun thing to look at. Uh, but I think Hitchcock set up the genre, uh, set up the modernization of of the horror thriller genre. Um, everybody, if you're if if you're M Night, if you're um, Fincher, if you're Mike Flanagan, I mean you're 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 a psycho fan. Um, and Except for thought, that one remake, right? There was one remake that's considered okay, the worst. The I'm worst. And the remake. The worst. The, the remake. Yeah, it got bad reviews and Razzies and shit. But it was yeah, not yeah. that sad. The director of Good Hole Hunting, like my favorite. Oh, it was fucking good. But Gus Van Sant. Damn. He's a damn good director. He just wanted to literally make a shot for shot remake of Psycho. Why? Why though? There was no box office intention. There was. A, he just loved the film so much that he wanted to place himself in that. I think it was like the the 40th anniversary of Psycho or some shit, and they wanted some shit to add to the Blu-ray and the no the no no no, no and he just wanted to do a shot. Literally, he wasn't gonna shy away the fact that this was gonna be a shot for shot remake. Um, so that's a Gus Van Sant thing. He's just weird. He's a weird director, but he's awesome. Um, if you haven't seen like Milk or fucking, I don't know, uh, the, My Own Private Idaho, he's just a weird dude, but he's a damn good filmmaker. Uh, anyways. Yeah, I, I think just cycle. That's kind of my opening argument. He set up the genre. He set up this thing. The thing that came before this, and I know you've mentioned this a lot. Um, Yoko is diabolique, and and kind of it was a predecessor to Psycho. Isn't that? Weren't you the one that told, told me about that? Uh, I myself wasn't the one that mentioned it. Before. It might have been Eric. I, I Somebody mentioned diabolique about me. It's a 1955 picture, and um, after Hitchcock saw diabolique, he wanted to make Psycho. Um, so it kind of like, again, European influence and like him wanting to expand American cinema into not shying away from like the, sh- the, the shooting of this film is so iconic. It's iconic. When I tell you that Hitchcock invented camera shots that weren't used before that are now overly used and oversaturated, just think about the shower scene alone. The shower scene alone will kind of give you the dynamic of this picture and the knife and the blood that was chocolate, by the way, since it was shot in black and white, uh, it was chocolate sauce, literally, for, for that scene. Um, the, the contrast between black and white and red, at least what we picture red, uh, and the shots and the suddenly, and, and by the way, come on, like Bernard Herrmann did the fucking score. And if it wasn't the most iconic score, I mean, he did Psycho, he did Citizen Kane, he did Taxi Driver. This was fucking Bernie Herrmann doing the score for Psycho. Um, and he's already a legendary composer. Uh, the, the score is synonymous with the film, right? We don't think of Psycho without thinking of... Yeah. You know? So, you know, uh, Bernard Herrmann, another thing. So, yeah, opening arguments. All right. So, next question on the table uh, to either save or doom you. Yeah. Um, it, we're talking about split personality pictures. How oh. does yours take on the split personality picture and make it unique and distinct? That's good. Well, in this one, it's, you know, who's the writer? Uh, David Fincher, right? <laughs> I feel like, he, like we're talking about it, like the subtleties. I think the writing of, what was the question again? <laughs> like, what makes this a really good split personality picture? Like, like you know, I was saying, like with the writing, like you get little subtle hints you know throughout yeah, the film so you you already have like a leg up there bro don't take it advantage because it's because i didn't really know about um 
Split um, personality in Fight Club. It's like the quintessential picture. Just argue it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I like how you know you get you go back and you see like the subtle the subtle the subtle hints that you give you, and then at the end you get the twist where you know I, I love that shot where they're in the room in the hotel room and he's sitting behind uh on the chair and he's on the on oh, the, on the bed. Shot. I love that scene where he's like, think about it, and boom, it just hits you, and he starts thinking about oh shit, I was alone. I think it's just a very modern like. I don't know cycle, but it's just a very modern way of, of saying that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'll, I'll throw you one. I'll throw you one there, Castro. I, hey, I think Fight Club set up like a like if you're gonna be, have a big review and then like type of review, yeah, you're gonna yeah. shoot way you're gonna shoot a film the way Fight Club was shot. Yeah, in terms of like having the two characters across from each other. In terms of having them uh, right there. opposite sides of the screen and literally like literally split down the middle of the screen. Yeah. Like if you're going to set something up like a big reveal like that, you're going to shoot it a specific way. And I think Fincher did that successfully with Fight Club for sure. Thank you, man. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I told you it's tough for me because I love Fight Club I, and, and, and Psycho too. But anyways. Yeah, I mean, I love Fight Club too. It's just, I don't like, there's just so many things. <laughs> let, let, me, let me throw this at you. Let me ask you this. Um, I'm, I'm trying to help you guys. Right? No. <laughs> Thank you, man. What, 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 um, <laughs> what about the subtleties? Like, what about Brad Pitt's performance is going to tell me that he's he's a branch of Edward Norton's character? Dude, I love the, who's the, who's the girl that's always coming out with uh, Johnny Depp? Oh, she's the Harry Potter chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, she's like Guy the, Fury. Helena Bottom Carter. She's like the middleman, like the middleman to the script, right? Like Isn't she Tim Burton's wife. I have no idea. I think was. Married to, was, was, yeah, right. They were married at some point or something. Yeah. Weren't yeah, yeah. we all? <laughs> what's, what's Anyways, I, uh, Helen, some Helen, yeah, Helen Carter. Helen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I feel like, yeah, she was like the middleman. And when he starts going back and thinking about it, like when she, hear, when she hears her having sex, and mm-hmm. it's just her like, what's going on? Like, he doesn't see her, but, you know, it's it's Brad Pitt, right? But in his yeah. head, is like, no. That's what I like about it, man. And, and, and it's a cool movie, and uh, I'll watch it again if I have to. You know what, Castro? It rhymes more with Schmite Club. So exactly. There Thank you me. go. Schmite. Yoko, help me out, Yoko. Well, it's I'm drowning over here. It's going towards Fight Club. I'm, it's because there's a lot to say about Psycho, especially in that regard. So I'm just trying to. Trying it's because to... it's kind of like uh, Psycho. It's an old school one. Yes, everything came from that. Like it's it's old school. Like that shower scene. It's cool, but it's, it's been moderated. It's okay, gotten better. In regards to the Lao's question, um, Norman Bates is like, I think it's got to be up there, hand in hand with like, like No Country for Old Men in terms of like the psychopaths, the sociopaths characters. You know. Uh, Norman Bates and especially like the reimagining with American Psycho um, and Christian Bell, right? Right, right. Uh, and that's that whole split. Like you have to be professional and happy and smiling, and you know, with certain people, and then they don't realize you're lining up your fucking apartment to commit a murder. So, <laughs> I think the Norman Bates character is that in terms of split personalities. Like he's definitely one person with a certain group of people, and then with other, when he's by himself or when he's uh, you know getting his victims. Um, he knows exactly what he's doing. And and isn't it almost like like hereditary in the sense of like Virginia Gregg is is uh or uh, well there was two actresses who played the mom, um Norma Bates, and like that whole interconnection with these people are just fucked up. <laughs> like they're just fucked up out of their mind. 
Um, and I think, uh, I think just Anthony Perkins playing, playing Norman Bates in this particular sense was, was what we needed to see in the sixties to transition psychological thrillers. Um, it's almost like if Cary Grant played Norman Bates or if fucking Humphrey Bogart played Norman Bates, like maybe we wouldn't have believed that, but you know, Anthony Perkins really fulfilled that side of like big smiles and happy and giddy and your typical, uh, uh, nuclear family type of deal. And then we have the fucking killer that's gonna, that's gonna turn around and do something. So yeah, I think in terms of split personality, it's, it's, well, we also the get that with, sociopath, in the mind of a sociopath. Anyways. Well, we also, like you're saying for the sixties, I think also for the nineties towards the end, 99, we also yeah. get the Edward Norton struggling through work, struggling through life and finally has that breaking point, that snap. The every man. Yeah, the every man of, you know what, man, I'm going to do what I want. This boss is on my ass. You know what? I'm going to hit myself. And <laughs> do you remember that scene where he starts hitting himself? Yeah. bastard. Yeah. So I think it's one of those 90s, like you were saying, the 60s, that we needed those in the 90s. It's that define the era almost. Like exactly. That. People going through those stuff where it's like, it's too much right now. You know, technology is just getting better and better. It's getting too much. I think everybody hits a breaking house, point. The house questions has always been, in, when he's moderating, um, has always been like what how did this push the the art form forward right i don't know that i think that fight club helped develop the genre for the you know for the turn of the century turn of the period but i think you know psycho like pushed the medium forward you know it pushed the genre forward more than more than uh, let, 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 okay here i got this one i think fight club for nowadays man it's here, that here. that split personality the so hidden. Uh, I got, I got, I got, I got to piggyback on you, Castro. Go for it, go for so it. Here's I need thing. it. I need it, man. Uh, yes, uh, you, Carlos, you do say that uh, Psycho had, uh, did evolve kind of like the horror genre there uh, with the way it was portraying I, it. I think it did two genres but, in one without even trying. Uh, but Fight Club, the way uh, it actually trinks, uh, progressed it even more. Yeah. Actually, was the fact that is that it used it more as a metaphor okay okay it encapsulated a whole uh the whole society in this dual system that they were either uh, like we either stay uh conveniently placed in our own perfect little uh jobs or we become that person right which in the end we still kind of become enslaved to that other person that's fair that's fair in terms of the split personality so the, yeah, the fact that it's metaphor. using more as a metaphor than an actual that's than, a fair uh, point but i don't know that I, I mean i don't know is the split personality thing would you guys consider it a subgenre? is there enough movies that deal with that i think it, that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like this one it pushed it it. i think take, take so, fight club pushed it into a new yeah, genre that's why we got the split genres we could you know I feel like I just feel like in terms of the horror genre and the psychological thriller genre and the thriller genre, I feel like Psycho, if Psycho didn't exist, uh, neither would Rosemary's Baby, you know, or neither would Taxi Driver in terms of the psychological kind of aspects to things. Ah, okay, yeah, I, I see. What so, you're so I think I think uh, yeah, I think if, and you got me there in terms of the split personality stings with Fight Club. I think it it does something for that subgenre. Exactly. But I think the psycho is just a broader, bigger picture. Like it's developing the horror genre and the thriller genre as a whole. 
and pushing that medium forward. Um, so yeah, that's fair. That's a fair but point. Fight Club is actually pushing the medium of the the fight of the man, the fight of the identity uh, of the man. Okay. The law. The law. Did you hear that? Yeah. I don't know. We do we see. We see enough internal struggle and struggle in Fight Club for sure, but I think that the internal struggle for Psycho doesn't necessarily come with baits. It comes with the audience. Like you, you either hate this guy or you know you're rooting for him because he's kind of your protagonist. We only know him as a protagonist at the point, right? At least towards the beginning of the film. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd have to really. Hello. Any final questions? Um, what's for dinner? No, I have no final questions. This was rough, man. It was. <laughs> I just didn't. I, I, damn, I should have done know, my homework. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say a side note. I'm gonna say a side note. I love the one thing I love about moderating, along with like hearing all these different answers, is the fact that I get to look at my text messages with Yoko, and it's just films. That like I've listed down like oh, that one, that one. Like this is all the times I've played God, you know. <laughs> Just... That's funny. Oh man! All right. All right. So Go I got the guys. vote in. Do we, do we want to know? Do we want to say anything else? No. Okay. Well, that was your last chance. I was so just so excited to talk about split. That's why I'm just I blanked out with this. <laughs> yeah. So the winner of this one is Psycho. I wasn't prepared for it. I legit, like, usually... Even after Carlos helped me with a... (laughs) (laughs) You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Um, On my list, because, you know, I kind of go off of points. I'm like, this is a strong point. That's a strong point. And whenever, like, a point's revisited, then I I don't mark it as something new. You guys were exactly equal. I did not, like, there was no kind of, like, tipping. But what I am going to say was stronger in uh, the psycho argument compared to the fight club one is that like, like fight clubs iconic, but it's iconic for being fight club and psycho's iconic for what it does to the genre and what, what goes after, you know, everybody's it's the base. Obviously it's like the fight club is a, it has, it has a weird thing where it's, I didn't like that below. I didn't like that at all. I would, I would consider it a cult classic to a certain degree. Because it has no, like, but a it's, following, but, yeah, but, it's, but it's oh. also mainstream, like appreciated, like, yeah. like Fight Club, but it's more of a cult. Like, it's kind of, I don't know how to put it. It's it's a little culty, but I mean, it, a little culty. there's it's also a little the thing that like, Psycho's not cult, yeah, I'll give you that. It's psycho, psycho. not cult. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho, psycho more into is, it. but it's, uh, they'll play it at the theaters again because they know people want to see Psycho or people will like rent it just for like the holidays. And Psycho, all that no. Yeah, I have never rented that for the holidays. What <laughs> holiday am I going to put it in? Thanksgiving? Oh, Wrong. Wrong, sir. It's Black Friday, actually. Let's put it this way. Psycho will go through fathom events to be shown in every cinema in the country, but Fight Club is just going to have like one Saturday at Alamo. And trust no, me. Oh, man. No, it's like those classic albums. Uh, they're classic because they're so I, old. I prefer, no, like, no, no, no. It's, it's uh, popular, uh, though. I mean, that's the like basis. The, like, I get no, it. It's no. like where everything came from. It, oh, wow. Turn, no, like, like Carlos was saying. Like Carlos was saying. Psycho. It was a turn of the century film. It was something that was either going to keep that kind of horror genre into the classic movies and or it was going to perpetuate that. it forward, you know, and this one perpetuated it forward and it did it successfully. It had, you know, um, like, let me put it this way. Let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And this would be my final thought. Yeah. <laughs> from, from final club, from, from final club, from fight. There club, we go. Station five. Final club. 
that's because I saw Final Club. I never saw Fight Club. Um, <laughs> Fight Club, what films do you kind of see that aren't David Fincher films? Do you see it stem off Fight Club? Uh, like like Jordan, Jordan Peele or even Split. You put Fight Club in this big, like, like a tree, right? Like, and then you see the branches off of like, well, it probably was inspired by this. You're kind of, where do you see like what? Well, okay. Now, at the top of my head, I really can't think of, but at least it starts that conversation. If you're saying that it wasn't there, I mean, at least it's there keeping it up. You know what I mean? It's, it's Fight Club. It, it's it's about split personalities. It's a, it's more realistic. You know what, you know what happens? It's, Club. it's it, I think here's the challenging part of Fight Club. It falls into kind of that cult classic area that we talked about kind of, uh, or Carlos mentioned, where like, if you look at a uh, Pulp Fiction, everybody agrees Pulp Fiction's great. But then it starts to become kind of in that niche market where you can't see other people like going and expanding the genre of Pulp Fiction. You only see like Tarantino that he'll go and revisit it, but it's because way, it's his style. It's, it's yeah. 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 A, you can't make another fight club. You can't make another you can't, Pulp Fiction. You can't. Exactly. But from Pulp Fiction, you see films like, um, you know, like Bad Times at the El Royale, maybe, or like, you know, like these kind of films that stem from like the Pulp yeah. Fiction. Kind of and, and to some so, to some degree, I'll say that Fight Club does kind of like you said establish a good way to execute um, the reveal. You know, like mm-hmm. people want to copy that reveal, right. but they don't want to copy Fight Club. You know, and that's that's the kind of well, issue. They don't know because it may, maybe because it was just so perfectly done. It was just it's it's now everybody expecting that's, it, but back then it was like an, oh, and it's it's an he's got that club. split. It's an exclusive club though. Now like, it's, it's expected. Now it's just, it's it's almost like that pretentious thing like if you haven't seen fight club as a film fan, like it's one of the hundred films to watch or whatever, like it's yeah. an exclusive club. You have to watch fight club. Right. Um, and again, it's culty to the point where any, anytime anybody says, dude, fight club, oh no, you don't talk about fight club. You know, like even the lines from it, like it's very culty, but, but it's like but, one of those, like today, yeah, here's the thing. you put somebody like whatever age, 20 year old, you put yeah. Psycho or Fight Club. Which one do you think he's gonna want to watch? Exactly. It's, a, it, yeah. it's just it's, everybody watches Psycho though, because Psycho's just who's like gonna, who's gonna sit through the whole movie? That twenty-year-old. Okay. Yeah, Psycho yeah, yeah. or Fight Club. But that's that's with all due respect to that. That's what dude. Fight Club does. It's just it's wait, better. Wait. It's but that with all due respect to that. That's a commentary on society today. I know. Man. I know. I know. I, mean, I know. Man. No, I'm and also I'll losing. say I'll, I'll say losing. this. I'll say this. If you're gonna show somebody uh, like an older film, black and white, and you're gonna and you're know, trying to convince. There, them. You're gonna, gonna try to convince them. Yeah, you're gonna try to convince them. Like I swear, black and white films aren't just old, tiny, weird, silent films. Like they can be good. And you show them Psycho, well, they're gonna believe like, yeah. that they're good. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna value the merit in that. You know. Well, if they have they're the palette that we have for film, film. You had something to say. Yeah. Go for so it. Uh, to kind of like go into the culty thing. So Psycho actually was a smash. Uh, box office smash like it improved like the fight club You're my box office match flopped it was it flopped yeah it did it flop, get its leg until, the cable guy, man. it was vhs wait until wait vhs is when it got its legs. Was a bomb? yeah dude, it's nobody oh, understood it, it. nobody understood wow. it that was the beauty of it oh, that was the end of its time it, but yeah I, I it was just, for the time like i thought crazy. They, they didn't know how to market it at that point but yeah that's the definition of cult movies dude <laughs> that's yeah i mean yeah yeah, yeah. And as you know, under the radar, we always pick the more popular film at the end <laughs> for some odd reason. Honestly, it's not it's not even a bias thing. It's just that yeah. there's something about the success that comes from it and what it does when it is, is it, like that's like, what we there's wish. The reason it was successful, you know, oh, for sure, what, for sure. 
that's what we wish for for us as creators. Uh, that's that's what happens. This is the I'm gonna probably get beat up by Gastro show. No man, <laughs> this this episode took a opening different man. direction for sure. But I well, love, it. Mean, I love anyways, it. It's great. It was great. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. yeah, they're both great pictures. Uh, we're we're at the two hour mark, guys. I'm sure My people fault. listening in are yeah, are man, like, okay, get they're fucking tired. over it. They're sleepy. Yeah, the cycle. No, but thank you guys for tuning in, man. Um, any final thoughts on any of these films, man? Anything from Split to Psycho? If anybody's still hearing us after two hours, you'll appreciate where I'm coming from with the acting perspective on Split and in Fight Club. <laughs> um, yes. Split for me was under the rug, I think, when it came out because I didn't know if it was just going to be another thriller, but uh, definitely a unique choice, Custer. Like, I, I I've yeah. appreciated it so much, and I'm glad that you were able to make me revisit it because, yeah. Oh, wow, a Split poster. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I have to. Yoko, any final thoughts? Yokomoto, bring that hey, that heat, baby. Uh, Yokomotive. Uh, I like having an excuse to watch this movie again. I, I like this movie. Thank you. Uh, even, even with even with my problems with it, I still like it. <laughs> it's uh, got holes and issues. I get it. Yeah. Uh, Who doesn't have a hole? Uh, yeah. We all we all have a couple. <laughs> but yeah, like now, if if you haven't watched it, you're all the way here, like. Damn, like you should have watched it beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> but, no, uh, rewatch it. But rewatch. Uh, yeah, rewatch. Take it a watch. Give it a watch. It is. Yeah, yeah. It is good. It is good. It's a rewatch good psychological it. thriller. Absolutely. I think. I think. Uh, Knight did a good thing because when we think about Split, we don't think of five years ago. It feels more recent than that. It's, yeah, yeah true. No, it feels more recent than that. So I think Knight again set up this this ability to like remodernize the genre and revamp it and with a nine million well, dollar budget. Two years yeah. ago, Glass was yeah. two years ago. Yeah, and you see that feels dated. Oddly enough, right? Like Split doesn't feel dated, but Glass feels kind of dated, right? I don't know. Maybe just it, it's got a different vibe. I'll give you that. But Delo definitely watch it, man. It's got some Wes Anderson kind of picture. Oh, uh, no, I, I def- definitely from Go from watching Split, I want to kind of rewatch them all and see them yeah, and, and like how they put together because yeah no uh a split was one of those sleepers for me i didn't i didn't think it was going to be a sleeper and then come and hit hard but yeah no it really was good just for the technique man the technical is just amazing the technique yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah thank you guys for tuning in man my, my consensus too is rewatch it especially if those of you if you watched it originally uh, I haven't revisited it in five years and I, I was pleasantly surprised. And again, it's one of those movies where like, uh, I hope, Agastro, I mean it this time, dude, your next pick better be a fucking comedy because I, I too just want to chill and watch something fun. You know? Yeah, that's true. In the pretentious mindset, right? So I got um, you. Guys. We went from eight and a half. And to that seven. is why we're watching Death Sentence. Blades for of the next one. Yeah. <laughs> Death Sentence. We're going to be watching... James Wan's death sentence, and we're going to be reviewing it for the next Watchtower podcast. Make sure to look out on In the Mind of Yoko for that poll because it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, he he picked the film and he's picking the polls, so Ooh. Uh, make sure to check that out. If um, you know what I mean, yeah. Hey. Uh, but uh, thank you, you guys for tuning in, man. This was a great episode, great time to talk about Split and and what M Night is doing and how he's revamping stuff. And and make sure to check it out. Make sure to keep listening to us. On all major podcasting platforms, tell your friends who love cinema uh, or who just want to get more in cinema and hear it this way uh, about this and about the Tower Cast. We got some exciting stuff coming up. Uh, thank you for to Yoko, man. Uh, like I know you mentioned it, and we haven't mentioned it in a long time, but Yoko is doing all the artwork, the thumbnails. Um, he's even currently doing a really special uh, poster for a film we just finished, which is going to be fun to see. 
40 um, now, yeah. Yeah, so make sure and check everything he's doing out. Make sure to check out the polls. Thank you guys for tuning in, man. Message us. Make sure to uh, some submit films, man. We've had it happen before, and they were fun conversations. So submit your films, your picks, and we'll talk about them. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Watchtower Podcast. Take care, everybody. Love you guys. Thank you.